Greetings, and welcome once again to another episode of the Retroidocopus Cephala Podcast, the only show that celebrates all things that made growing up awesome. We are part of the Dorkening and the Inebriart Podcast Networks, and as always, we are brought to you by Deadly Grounds Coffee, coffee to die for. And to I- drink. And to drink. Also to drink. And to live for. And, and to, to keep you alive. Yes. <laughs> and to keep you and to keep you from falling asleep at the wheel. Because I that is definitely. that is bad. Yeah, no, I put a I put a you know a Keurig right in my in my passenger seat and I just yep. make coffee as <laughs> yep. I go. Yup. Yup, it gets messy. That that's actually what keeps me awake. It's trying not to yeah. spill everywhere. No, you don't have a Keurig, you have a coffee pot, so you can put in a deadly grounds coffee. Grounds and Fair. They don't, make, they don't make K-Cups. No. You know what I meant, though. I did. They but didn't they didn't. Anyway, I am your host, 8-Bit Alchemy, and with me, as always, are my, hmm, what's a good word? Eight-pinned cohorts? Boss Rush Mode? Um, I, I didn't have a thing to say here. Yeah, this, <laughs> um, is, this is a hard one to pick things to say. Yeah. I know. Yeah. It's like no quotes or anything. <laughs> But that's okay. We're going to keep going. Parasite Steve. The Atari Jaguar controller was an abomination. And Nintendo. Experience the professional feel of real arcade play. Mm. <laughs> Don't mind nice. if I do. And we've... <laughs> there. There. I have to redeem myself with something. <laughs> that, that should have been your quote. Beautiful. <laughs> I'm, making it my, I'm making my quote right now. Okay. Done. I, I love it. Retroactive. It's beautiful. Shoot that go. damn dog in the face. I would love to. Stupid dog. <laughs> and let's not for let's not forget to mention our very special guest, Karen Barber from Amalgamania, our Woo! Retroid Mama, the namer of our fan base and dear friend. Yeah. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so extremely excited. Like, I'm literally bouncing up and down right now. So. I'm excited at how excited you are. The, the thrilledness of all of us. We are all the, yes. the thrilled is in us all. Yep. We are thrilled to the max, unlike yes. the controller, which is not. <laughs> yes, but way back we had that contest, and uh, it was a name the fan base contest, and uh, yours was chosen as the winner. So that's the that reason why correct. our fans are the Retroids. It's freaking absolutely. Awesome. I know it's so cool, and it's an awesome name. But let's not get caught in the weeds here, everybody. What are we doing here today? We are talking about video game peripherals. So we're talking weird controllers, weird adapters, things that you used on your game systems that weren't just you know the regular controller that you're right. supposed to have with it and this was a episode premise that was actually suggested by Taryn so we were psyched to have her you know be on the show and this was a great fun theme that we could all get behind absolutely so yeah. uh yeah so basically all of us have chosen oh, yeah, so wait, you you could say we're tearing it up we oh. are <laughs> oh we don't oh, need to. you already did you already did can that be your quote now Boss Rush, you're just going to have so many quotes this, this episode. <laughs> yeah, none, none when I was none, you know, prompted, None for when but... you were ready, but you're making up for it in spades after I'm, the fact. I'm, I'm trying, at least. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay down a personal joke. No one's going to get but Greg. Uh, never at the fair. <laughs> never at the fair? Is that like never the store at the, of the fair? 
No, the, uh, the, the fact like, way back fair. in the day, like w- none of us could ever be funny and clever when you go right. to the Renaissance Fair and everybody would right. always like, you know, <laughs> fuck with you and you're, oh, just, you're yeah, just an yeah. ultimate lame ass because you can't come oh, up with like, anything to say. But I then know. like later, it's the ultimate case of I should have said that. I should have said that. <laughs> yep. When that guy came I'm up to so- me. <laughs> it's like the uh, the epitome the of of like oh I can never be clever in a conversation but if I'm texting with somebody it's totally easy <laughs> I have all the time in the world to think of something smart right exactly <laughs> right um, yeah, when you put on the spot it's like oh that's why I don't like volunteer and work there for free yeah, that's right <laughs> right <laughs> well, it's like a bad memory. improv anyway back to things that make you go pew things that make you go pew so we're all uh we're gonna do a little round table action here and we're gonna have each person kind of you know talk about you know a couple of the peripherals that really spoke to them and uh i figure i figure let's start things off by by passing it over to our very special guest taryn and and hearing from you we want to hear it so let, let's let's hear your one of your choices for uh, video game peripherals. Well, before we do that, do you let do you want to tell the uh, the audience about Amalgamania? Yes, or yes, else do that, that. do yeah. that. You, your, you have so many endeavors. I know, I know. I was trying to list them all in my head, and I couldn't. I feel like I'm forgetting something. But um, I am the president of Amalgamania, which is um, it's a group that encompasses. I want to say things that make people happy in relation to nerddom. So that's kind of, accurate action figures, um, movies, what else? Board games, video games, all that good stuff, cosplay. And we have segments that relate to all of those different things with um, different ones coming on each day. Two things I'm really excited about right now are the revamping of the Amalgam Market. We just added a lot of new merchandise, um, action figures. We sell t-shirts, mugs, comic books. We have pre-orders now, which is completely new. I'm also excited about the fact that we just started our own podcast network. So we have a production company now called Amalgamation, and our podcast network is Epic Airways Podcast Network. And we're doing a launch party tomorrow night where we just play clips of all the different casts that are included in the network. So Amalgamania is a flamethrower. The kids love this one. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch well, it's watching and listening, so I'm playing the audio. Uh, for the podcast, but we're listening to it together. So it, it'll be a video, but we're listening and chatting and, and all that good stuff together. Very cool. And giving away prizes, and we're really excited about it. Nice. That is awesome. That is so cool. You guys are always growing, always making yourselves yeah. bigger and better. And just, man, we are so lucky to have such awesome friends with you guys because what's more fun than having friends that are like doing so much cool stuff yeah. to get excited about. That's right. Yeah. So that's amazing. And that's so awesome. So now that you have your own podcast network, Taryn, mm-hmm. you're going to give me lots of the good stuff that I've been asking for, for two years, right? Yes, I am. Promos <laughs> by the good stuff. I'm not talking Amalga after dark type stuff right here. I know All I mean is promos. <laughs> you yes. can send that my way. I know. Yeah, send I, the after dark stuff to Boss. And we actually have <laughs> that I have to uh, redo. Andy Doyle did it. Andy Doyle has the voice of a movie narrator. It's bizarre. He did one and it's incredible. So after I edit that, I'll definitely send it to you guys. Awesome, uh, Andy Doyle of Epic Tales. We actually Absolutely. do. We actually do have a promo for him, and we can actually play that in this episode. Cool, nice. We can and will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That, so that's 
that is awesome. Thank you for sharing. We always want to make sure that our guests get a chance to promote what they have going on because that is most important to us. Is what's important to you. So uh, now that that's like out of the way, thanks it for sharing, like Karen. But it's and not. right, and now and now that we're done with all the happy bullcrap, let's talk <laughs> about video game controllers and all kinds of weird stuff. So, Taryn, what do you got? What are you bringing to the table? All right. I had to narrow it down, and my selections have to do with very fond memories I had as a child. Nice. So this first one is from 1985, the original NES Zapper, also known as the Duck Hunt Gun. I yep. didn't even know <laughs> until recently. <laughs> so the Duck Hunt Gun. And I can remember um, Christmas 1985, I was about seven years old, and my father had just gotten an NES for Christmas, I think for himself, but he shared it with us. <laughs> And he had one of those huge, like, 60-inch rear projection televisions. I don't know if you remember these. but the Oh, my God, yes. Those were the yeah. heaviest things ever. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Boss Rush's dad had one of those. <laughs> yep. He, yep. And, sure like, did. don't stand on an angle because you won't be able right. to see anything. You exactly. have to basically look at it head on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Deer in yeah. headlights. Blue and pixels, and you have those spots all over the screen. Yep. One of those. So I remember peeking through the double doors to the living room and seeing my dad and my uncle playing Super Mario Brothers. And it was just magical. So seven years old and I remember that. But I remember my sister who, like a lot of people, would walk right up to the screen with this duck hunt gun, press it up against the glass to shoot the ducks. And I remember that so specifically, um, just getting that close to use it. And, and the, the sound that the gun made. Yes. I mean, that, that like, it just it's like this crazy spring sound yeah. and it's like nothing else in the world sounds like that gun per kank yeah yeah that bitch shooting the um the cans and the clay pigeons and do you guys remember hogan's alley yeah. oh yeah yes. Yep. Yep. yes that was my favorite where you're shooting at the cardboard cutouts of the Hardly stereotypical burglars who have like the ample belts <laughs> around their shoulders. Right. Trying not to hit they the like, old. They look like gangsters from like the, the like 40s and 50s. Like TV. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So fond memories of that one. It had a few accessories of its own. It had a sighting scope. Um, it also had a laser sighting scope, I found out, which I hadn't Whoa. used. But it was voice activated. Apparently, it didn't work too well. No, but early attempt, you would, it was a headset and you would shout or say fire and it would make the zapper fire oh yeah i do remember this thing yes yeah i never i've never seen anyone use it i've only seen it on youtube like the angry video game nerd i think had a video where he used it and basically just turned himself into this ridiculous like mech just built out of like nes zappers in this headset <laughs> yes because you just look so absurd wearing this stuff <laughs> yeah that's awesome can i talk about another one yes go yeah. right ahead well oh. before, before we move on can i just ask you one question of course. Which color scheme did you have of the zapper? Because there was Ooh. the two. I had the gray one. Not, oh, see, that's the original. That's the original. Yeah. That is OG. the OG. That is the OG. Yeah. That's see, right. See, we, we had the orange and gray. Yeah, I, I was not like an early adopter of the NES when I was a kid. My, my parents were very hesitant to buy it for me. And uh, so I, it, was, it was many years before, before I actually got it. And... Um, was uh, the last of my friends to have one. But yeah, it, I had the orange and I always thought it looked so much lamer. Like I wanted the, I wanted the gray one. Right. 
Yeah, I didn't even know the orange one exactly. I think I saw it in pictures, but I never saw one in person. And like I said, my dad got it for himself, <laughs> mainly. My dad mm. used to play Pac-Man in the arcade all the time. Like, my mom would tell stories about being pregnant, and he's in the arcade playing Pac-Man, and she has to go in and get him. I mean, <laughs> your dad sounds absolutely <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's what he sounds funny. absolutely awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that, uh, that freaking, we can't move on, though, before we mention the freaking dog. That goddamn oh, the duck hunt dog. The sound clip that Boss Rush played earlier, for those of you right. who have not played, that is the laughing, like mocking dog from Duck Hunt. I can see it with my head so clearly right now. Yep, yep, oh, yeah. with his little above his mouth, and I'm like, oh, why that, can't that, I yeah. shoot the dog? You're such a little son of a bitch. I know. <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> Like everybody oh. tried to shoot the dog. Everybody tried oh, to everyone shoot did. the dog. Oh, yeah. It's the only time that, you know, it would be okay to kill the dog. Like, John right. Wick tried to kill that fucking John dog. Wick, yeah, John Wick would kill <laughs> John that Wick dog. John Wick even tried. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag John Wick would kill that dog. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what else you got? You have, well, you have like, two more things, right? Because I don't want you to use them all right now. I, I kind of do. From, for the same system, though. So I don't know if it kind of counts as two, but they're both for the Wii. So still Nintendo, but um, almost 10 years later, 2006, the Wii Remote. Or the Wiimote, which apparently some people called it, but I never did. So this was, um, I, I guess it's technically a controller, um, but there were very few times where I actually flipped it on its side and used it like a controller. Yeah. Um, I use it, yeah, mainly for its motion sensing um, properties and also family memories. My mom is disabled and she can't stand for long periods of time. So we would play bowling on the Wii and my mother would be sitting in this chair bowling with her Wiimote beating everyone else in the house. She had nice. curveballs on <laughs> Wii bowling. I don't know how she did it, but it, it brought us all together. And that in itself had its own sets of accessories. Like with um, Wii Sports, you could attach a paddle to the Wiimote. We had that for playing ping pong. Um, there was a, a plastic golf club. And these- Oh these, yeah. Mm -hmm. a steering wheel and a yep. baseball exactly. bat. Yeah. And they were essentially things that you just slid the remote into to make it feel like you were actually doing the thing you were pretending to do. So you were holding a plastic golf club. Um, you, had to, you had to slide it in right to the top? Yeah. <laughs> I Let me ask you this question. I, I, I got that reference. I got Did that reference. you ever want to stop? Just, just, just Google some White Snake songs, Taryn, and then okay. come back and and then yell at Steve for the thing you mm -hmm. just said. It's I fine. will. You know, I, I'm, I just do it. Just do it later. Just do I it will. later. I will. Um, also for the Wii, the balance board. I yes, this, I, the balance board that. is actually really cool. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. cool. And I so I think it was um, Wii Fit. And yeah. I was trying to think of something else that's comparable to that that was ever made after that, and I can't think of anything. Um, the balance board was a scale, um, which was <laughs> which was funny because if you lost weight, you would get cheers, but if you gained weight, um, <laughs> like the stomach would bulge out and she would slump over it, and there would be these sad noises, and I think tears would pop out of her eyes. Sad trumpet. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's so insulting. You're like, damn it. That is awful. <laughs> You're like, no, I swear, I just have like you know my wallet in my pocket on this way in, and I didn't last time. I did Fuck. not just gain three hundred pounds. Game. Fuck off. <laughs> So that, and then you could ski and go, um, almost said waterboarding, <laughs> wakeboarding. <No>. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We, we torture we never torture. came out. 
<laughs> Never got released. So, you know, a missed opportunity on Nintendo's part. They should have come out with Wave Race for the Wii. And you oh, that would have been super cool. I know. Because that was one of the things I thought was about that balance board. The mini games that were on uh, Wii Fit, where you would, you know, it basically do, like you're saying, snowboarding or whatever, just with bending your knees a certain way. Yeah, yeah like, it, depending like, on like like how how you lean forward or back or whatever. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that the game could interpret that much just based on you know relatively little amount of moving. Mm-hmm. It's right, it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. And the dancing games we had um, the Michael Jackson game. Oh, was it like a? Um, okay, yeah, I do remember that game came out. Yeah, all right. Was it, it was yeah. a rhythm game, and but yeah, Michael Jackson like a, like a dance dance exactly yeah. the game. Yeah, and he used to yeah. say. That you put on top of the TV. It was um, called Michael Jackson: The Experience, I think. Ah, that's yeah. yep. that sounds like man. Depending on your frame of mind, that is going <laughs> vastly different ways. Right. Like yeah. I might not want the Michael Jackson Experience, depending on what you're talking about. On what decade <laughs> it is? That's that's all I'm saying. Maka. Taryn, did you ever? Taryn, hey Taryn, hey Taryn, hey did you ever play uh, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker for the arcade or the Sega Genesis? I want to say yes. I want you to say yes too. But I don't have like, it's not a very sharp memory, but I believe I have. You happen to remember all of the specific sound effects because that's where this is going. <laughs> yeah. No. So there's this no. thing in, in the game, like he uh, he's dressed like he's in the Smooth Criminal video, <clears throat> and it's a weird like three player arcade game it's kind of like weird that it's three but and everybody just takes control of michael and they they have different colors but he's they're all smooth criminals but you rescue kids and when you rescue the kids they're super creepy and they go michael Michael. (laughs) and if you start to get you just slow it down just a little bit like if you could put that sound in mario paint and be like the baby sound put it on the lowest note like like it'd be like michael (laughs) because this is a thing everyone's thought about a lot I us because all of us this is so like the number of times we've said this stupid thing and you realize it's like it doesn't actually do that in the game we're all just imagining as if it were in mario paint it's like why do we all think of this stupid crap tell me okay i mean tell me it's not a little creepy (laughs) just like a little bit i mean i know i'm exaggerating but like i go i go michael It's great. <laughs> he shoots fucking energy from his fingertips. I actually liked that game. It was yeah, it's cool. great. It's a great. And uh, at the time, he had uh, a pet chimp named Bubbles in real life, and he was infamous yeah. for that. Yep. And uh, Bubbles would like show up on the screen, and you could go grab him, and he would turn you into a fucking robot. I mean, Whoa. I mean, the logic. I don't is, remember the, that. The logic is the logic is bonkers. I mean, it makes no sense. But that's yeah, in, in the in the arcade, Tim, uh, he turns into a robot when he gets. Oh my gosh, that's so crazy! That's <laughs> yeah, and that that's what happens at the end of the Moonwalker movie. Yeah, he turns into a robot. Yeah. So. Oh, cool. Uh huh. So I mean, um, those are those are really awesome picks, and you know, basically, we're gonna just keep going around and tearing like. You know, I know that you've kind of given your your choices already, but like weigh in on everybody else's stuff. If there's something, just shout it out. We talk, we don't stop talking. So, it, so just like be I mean, loud and 
oh, I mean, we can be quieter. We could try. But we, we tend to get passionate about the, the dumb Guys, crap that we it's, love. It's Taryn friggin' Barber. We can I be quieter. I know, I know. But yes, please yell over us and, 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 and be like, this is my opinion. I want to talk about the thing you're talking about, too. So, I definitely will. Awesome. I'm Good. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Be loud. That's the way. Okay, so um, since Taryn gave all of hers, do you guys all want to just give all, all of our yeah. favorite ones? Sure, yeah. why not? Let's, okay. do, let's do it that way. Okay. Um, so let's, uh, let's pass the torch over to Nintendo. Yes. Fine, God. Do it! Uh, I hear from Nintendo. Love it! <laughs> so, love okay, it. so I, so, I want to hear from a famous Instagram model and creator of the Fish Lips. Yep. Phenomenal. Yes, yes. Look uh, me up. Look me up. Hashtag Instagram at, influencer. At, yep. Yep. That's that's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So my my first pick is the NES Max. Um, it's not my favorite. It is like one of the worst controllers for the system for the NES. Um, <laughs> and kind of funny. I'm, I was just reading this article from uh, Fandom saying that it's the improve. It's the improvement over the original, and they could be further from the truth. It's, yeah, right. It's 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 awful. I mean, I actually I actually like this controller, but yeah, it's it's no way it's better it's, than the original controller. Yeah, right. I mean, you can't play Contra with it. You can't okay, play so, Mario with it. So describe so what it looks like, though. What, so like, what is it? It, it, it's it's not shaped like a regular NES controller. It has like I want to say like like little handles. And it yeah, has like the shape of a Sega, kinda. Kinda. Uh, the difference is they added two turbo controllers, which is right below the B and A buttons. And these buttons are like different than the uh, the normal uh, buttons. Um, they're, they're more like uh, not concave, but convex. 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 Yeah, yes. They're more more like that. And they replaced the D pad with the uh, what, what, the cy- cycloid type. I don't uh, even know what to call it. I think it's, it's like an eight-way directional. Uh, yeah, it yeah. is actually. It says yeah, it's like a, you, you like, place your thumb in this like you know, little like disc. Div it. I yeah. guess yeah, and yeah. then you'd, you'd like slide it around. It, it, it yeah, it's not weird. an analog stick. It's just like this weird loosey goosey. Like it feels yeah. like the thing's broken from day yeah. one. Right. Like oh, right. it's just loose like this. Right. So you don't really. You never up. feel like you're pressing the direction really. I heard right. the Terran. I heard oh, yeah, it I, say I just had to look this thing up because I, I didn't know what you were talking about. I've never seen this thing before. Isn't that so weird looking? Weird. Yeah. It's very, very odd looking. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't look bad. It doesn't look but bad there, at all, but it's not like, as far as like using it goes, it's like it's almost unusable. Were like, there I any games shape. you remember playing, playing it with? Because I remember having this controller and straight up never playing with it because I didn't like it either. Yeah, I mean, I I've tried playing Contra with it, and Super Mario Brothers. And I've just, I've actually oh. played Section Z with this controller a few times, and like I wouldn't use like the little disc thing in the middle of the D. Well, oh yeah, you'd use the, the, the I just have my fingers on like the outside the outside edge. That yeah, would be oh, yeah, because that more that acts like a, yeah, yeah. Oh, weird! I didn't know that yeah. either. Huh? Yeah. I mean, still, I mean, I like I I only use it for the turbo. Yeah. Because right. It's, there's really no other reason to even use that thing. I feel yeah. like right. It'd be bad on like a uh, like an RC program, like one of those racing games with like the. I don't know. I don't I would know. Do that to yourself. I don't know. Yeah. I I'm just that, I'm just spitballing um, here. 
I think like maybe a top down, like a like a gauntlet or something like that. Maybe or original Legend of Zelda. Maybe I don't know something that's just straight down. But for sure, the reason to buy this game the controller, the only reason really, is the turbo buttons. Yeah. And I th- I, yeah. I like many other people. I'm sure I'm not the only one. I had this controller, and I totally convinced yeah. myself that it was great because I loved the turbo buttons, and right. I did like yeah. the shape of it. I did like. Yeah. I do the think shape the shape is, fine. is yeah. better. So I really, I don't think it's a bad controller. It's just that they completely made it unnecessarily weird with the stupid D-pad thing. That's if it had the, a normal right. D-pad, it thing. would be a better yes. cycloid. Yes. <clears throat> yes, but they did this. That, that's weird the thing. Ass thing. It's like yeah, okay. that, that's what that's what ruins the whole thing. Is they yeah. mm-hmm. D-pad with this thing? It's like yeah, it's very weird. I definitely wouldn't. You know. After a while, like when I stopped using it and went back to it, I was like, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't what I want. This is terrible. I did like it for a time. Um, I feel like I could play Guardian Legend with this. It's like yeah, pretty maybe. top, pretty yeah, I mean, top I down. Can, and I can imagine like, I'm sure it's, it's good for like the, the shoot 'em ups like Gradient yeah. or yeah. stuff like that. I'm sure that'd, that'd be, probably fine. be fine. But for like, you know, side-scrolling games, like Mega right. Contra is like, no, it's unplayable. Right. Yeah. Platformers. Yeah. No way. All right, so are you guys ready for my second pick? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Like, how bad do you want to hear this? Wait, wait. I so need it. Is, is Taryn ready? That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I can't wait. All right, oh, so, so my second pick, which is a, a much better peripheral, in my opinion, and that would be the NES Advantage. Hmm. And nice. this thing is awesome. It is so cool. It's like, it's pretty much... It's it's like a uh, a big blocky controller, but it has an actual joystick, and it has the B and A button, and there's two buttons on top of that, and that's for your turbo. So you can just push that down, and that button will be right. On, on yeah, like a toggle switch. Yes, and then and then above that is a dial on how fast you want the turbo to go. Right. Well, you know cool. about the dial. Yeah. So it's it's <laughs> really cool. awesome. And uh, what's cool? Well, I guess this. I guess this is kind of cool. It it comes with uh, two controller ports, the, the the dongles, and you can plug them both into the system. And it has a switch for one player and two player. So like this would be good for like you know if you're if you're gonna play Super Mario Brothers or whatever games that are two players but one player at a time, uh, you would have to like switch back and forth between the players. Oh right. That's so weird. And there's okay. also, you know, you have your, your standard select and start button, and, and you have the slow motion button, which, <laughs> which is kind of stupid. I mean, all it is, it's just like pausing and unpausing like, really fast. That's all it's it slow like, mo. Like, it's like, like no, like, I can see it's like The only the game uses start as like the pause function. If it's yeah. like the start is like any other function, then forget it. Right. It doesn't right. work. Like, like with Mega Man, you just keep getting the the menu screen over and over again. Or try playing a battle toads with this. If you just you get one one hit of it. Was it expensive at the time? Um I think so. Yeah, I think so for a controller. Why there's a switch and why you wouldn't just buy two. But I guess if it was expensive then it wouldn't Yeah. Um yeah, I mean I think it went for like eighty bucks. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or yeah, something like that. That's that, a lot. That would, that's, that would make yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um, 
I did not have one of these, but I did think well, it was actually, awesome. Actually, you know what? The box that I have. See, I, the one that I have, I, I got it off eBay, and it was complete mm-hmm. in box. So there's actually a sticker on top from Sears, and it said it was 40, 40 bucks. So I, I thought that, it was, that sounded that yeah that sounds yeah more that sounds more accurate yeah I thought forty that that was my guess but yeah it that's still a lot of freaking money yeah I mean, for a controller yeah especially yeah. since peripherals weren't that like there weren't too ma- there weren't too many back then at this yeah, point right. a lot of the ones we're talking about tonight are early peripherals and right. the uh, the the system came with the zapper gun you didn't have to buy mm-hmm. that right. So, right. you know, and it came with two regular controllers. So, like, back then, just the thought of buying controllers was like, what? I mean, I think, I could be wrong, but I feel like the Max controller was like 15 bucks. Probably. I don't or think 20. Like, or yeah, 20. Around there, yeah. Somewhere around there, anyway. I feel, feel yeah. like it was, it was pretty reasonable, but this was, yeah. was like, yeah, 40 cents. Yeah, right. I mean, this is, this is such a big <clears throat> yeah. controller. And it's got some weight to it, too. But it's very, it did, very heavy, heavy duty. Um, but one of the things I, I love about the the controller is that you you get that arcade feeling. Like it's like it's mm-hmm. like you're playing an arcade, like playing yeah. like Ninja Turtles, uh, the arcade game or Turtles Three on, or any type of beat 'em up games. Like you're playing an arcade game. Pretty That's fun, yeah. Pretty fun. And and, and I and I love play, the design. You play of Contra. It. It's like oh, you're playing your arcade version of Contra. And you have the option to have the turbo button if you don't have the machine gun or whatever. So that's right. that's really cool. Yeah. Now, and uh, it eventually got a successor on the Super Nintendo. Yeah, but it's just called Super 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 Advantage. Advantage. Yeah. I, I feel like the Super Advantage does not look very cool, but the NES Advantage looks awesome. Yeah. So like awesome. it looks yes. like the console of a Star Trek ship. Like just the yeah. diagonal lines and stuff. Yeah. Like oh, it's so cool. Yeah. So Taryn, yeah. were you familiar with this controller? I was. I think we used to have one. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, cool. it, it's very very familiar. For forty dollars US, I mean, how could you not? right now uh what i can't remember is i i thought that this was true but now i'm doubting it did this run on batteries no 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 okay absolutely not your memory has failed you okay (laughs) i wasn't sure Uh, yeah that's that is uh that is an awesome very classic nes accessory oh yeah 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 yeah, love that controller. The super advantage with the different color buttons. You guys, yes. was that the first yeah. controller yeah. to have the different colors? Yeah, well, so the the interesting thing there is that the um, the Super Nintendo in Japan, like the controllers, had those rainbow colored buttons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for some reason in America, they just made it like the two tone purple. Right. Uh, but the the Super Advantage controller kept the multicolored buttons of the yeah. Japanese style controller, which yeah. is kind of interesting. <clears throat> but the other weird thing is that the Super Advantage has those two like purple bars at the top that look like the power and reset button. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, yeah. that isn't what the Japanese Super Nintendo looks like. So it's like this really weird hybrid of things. But It's an amalgamation. Oh, that is... Somebody pause the, the, the Battletoads screen. We need to drop the beat right now. <laughs> I bet you would just get like the very beginning of the first hit. You'd be like, Yeah, it would just be if you just were in slow mo. What was that? 
That was beautiful. Uh, that was, we need to try that. that. That's another thing you need to do on stream, Joe. Just full of ideas. Just, do that. Yeah, just okay. full of ideas. <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's hear from from Boss Rush mode. No. <laughs> no. All, All right, right. Parasite Steve. Boss <laughs> Rush lost his turn. You can't make me. You're not my dad. <laughs> no, I'll I I I'll I'll contribute to this conversation. Uh, the first thing I'd like to talk about is a controller that was uh developed by Broderbund or Broderbund, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce them. Um, mm -hmm. and on nineteen eighty nine I believe it's called a U Force. And what this was is this like um this big bulky like contraption to it, it would actually open up almost kind of like a, a laptop and you would have these things called the power fields and there were like sensors and you could wave your hand like in front of it. There's like a sensor like on like the bottom horizontal plane and then like the, the lid that would lift up would be like the other plane and it could go like, like all the way flat too. So it would like, um, you'd open it all the way up so like the entire thing is flat and you could use it that way or you could like crank it up so it's like you know on like a 90 degree angle or a 85 or 70 degree angle or whatever it to me it looks like like battleship yeah it does yeah yeah mm -hmm. i i uh, i know nothing about this this is a so this is for the nintendo yeah yes the 8-bit nintendo yep okay now i did have one of these and uh i don't know it's it was neat like what it tried to do but i just you just couldn't really play any games with it with any sort of like efficiency at all yeah so it's like like and there were like different like little switches that had like you know setting a setting b so whatever and they were supposed to be like they had this instruction book like oh you setting a for like games like i mean this isn't exactly what it says i don't have the instruction book with me but i like, guess for instance like setting a is good for super mario brothers or whatever uh, setting b is good for contra setting c is good for my crisis punch out or whatever they actually happen to be and it was just like well none of them work for anything so that's that's all just a bunch of lies <laughs> i'll tell you what you can use any 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 setting you want because it does yeah, you may as well because matter. they all suck uh, it, it worked by either just like waving your hands and like in front of the sensors or they actually had this like like this weird control like stick. It was like a, almost like a it was shaped. I can't remember what they called it, but it was like a handle and it had like yeah, a yeah yeah I remember like I'm like imagine like the, the like um almost like an airplane kind of like um flight thing like where you, you grab it with both hands, but like it just had like one like skinny like plastic thing that would like fit into this like little divot. It was so it wasn't attached. So you could oh just yeah, think, I'm looking at it. And oh, it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's, it's just, really weird. It just does not feel good to use at all. And you'd have like the buttons on like each handle and it would like, when you'd hit the button, it would flip a little like uh, thing on the, on the bottom and it would like reveal like a, a reflector, which would give like the sensor supposedly like, like you're like, oh, this is like a, something I'm supposed to register. Oh my God. Plus that's it, so elaborate. It, yeah. I mean, it was a neat idea. It just like the execution and like the performance of it. So was I guess that's just lacking. simply that uh that add-on to it is just simply called the flight stick flight stick um, okay. and it was yeah. just for it was just specifically for flight games um yeah and it said that there was another add-on that was specifically for mike tyson's punch out it said it was a power bar which enabled punching the air in front of the controller to simulate punching in the game yeah and it's uh sure. voted one of the top 10 worst game controllers in history <laughs> It sure oh, is. seems about for right. For good reason. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. For a good reason. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I think I, I think like it looks hell. neat. 
and it definitely it looks does look neat. neat. Yeah. yeah, it looks wicked cool. It's so it funny. Does. So on the box, it says it claims it is a power field generator. That sounds very powerful. And definitely accurate. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> power field generator? It is sure. generating shit. Get engineering on the power field generator. It's down. <laughs> Maybe it's called U-Force because you had to force yourself to use it after yeah. you paid forty nine ninety five for the thing. No shit, right? I mean, I don't you know. force yourself to like you know get through like a single level, yeah, of whatever you're playing. Oh man, oh uh, yeah, I that was a- did not know this. Taryn, did you uh, did you know about the U Force? I had no idea. Now, and looking at the thing, yeah, it reminds me of um, Battleship or like a almost like a basketball court or right. yeah, it does. Yeah, it has yeah, yeah, like yeah. Or guess who? Yeah, or guess who? yes, yes, yeah. guess who. Guess who just wasted money on our shit controller? You force. Yes, you force. <laughs> you force. Yes. yes. Uh, I kind of want one now. I know, and I've seen all these. There's all these videos of people like modding it to work on the Switch and the Xbox yeah, One and like weird movie. crap. Yeah, I don't know. There's potential there. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> more, more power to them. Oh man, you uh, force. Uh, that, yeah, that is the best. So what else you got, Boss Rush? All right, so so another peripheral that didn't work all that great, but it was kind of responsible for uh, getting video games back on the map in the United States. It's uh, Rob, the robotic operating buddy from way, way back in the NES's, you know, uh, you know, beginnings. Because back in 1985, when they uh, introduced this, like a when they first introduced this very limited quantities in you know, like New York City, like uh, a couple of years before, obviously, like the big, huge video game crash of 83, uh, retailers just did not want to sell video games. They, they, they thought it was poison. They wanted nothing to do with them. So basically what Nintendo did is Rob was kind of like a Trojan horse. They made it look like a robot because robots were all cool at the time. He kind of looks like Johnny Five from those short circuit short movies. Movie, yeah. mm-hmm. he, he's like, like a, a perfect amalgamation if I could use the word mm-hmm. again, of Johnny Five, and he has the eyes from the little flying robots from um, Batteries Not Included. He's like yes. okay, yeah. perfect yeah. amalgamation of those two things. Yep. Yep. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it was just it's, it's just a gimmicky thing, just like, you know, oh, it's not really, a, it's, he plays games with you, but they market it as an entertainment system, not as a video game system, just because, like I said, retailers just did not want to touch video games. Right, they didn't want to touch that taboo word, right, video right. game. Yeah, and that's what so it was. Like, hey, it was the Nintendo Entertainment System, which I right. always thought was a bizarre like phrase. Like, why is it called? Right. But yeah, they tried to distance themselves a bit from just being straight up called a video game system. Even the way like you load cartridge games. I mean, people will say, oh, yeah, it's just kind of like a flaw in design because it, you know, the pins bend or whatever. But it was kind of a purposeful design because back then, you know, VCRs, that's how you'd feed a tape into a VCR. So they kind of wanted to give it that feel. So mm, it's kind of like right. just further differentiated from like a, you know, a typical game systems at the time. We just plug the cartridge in like straight from the top usually, especially with like the Ataris, all that jazz, like the ColecoVisions and the Intellivisions. Well, the Intellivision was more on the side, but, but yeah, that was definitely just a, 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 seemed to be like a purposeful, like just stylistic design. just to kind of differentiate it from like other video game systems. Yeah. And uh, I was like, yeah, so the whole thing was like, oh, it's, it's, it's a robot, it's a gimmicky thing. You know, kids saw the robot and they loved it and they'd ask for it. And it, uh, like back when, 
like I said, they uh, released it in limited quantities in like New York City at first. And Nintendo was like, all right, we'll bring a whole bunch of people there. We'll set up all the whatever, the, the kiosks or whatever. We'll set everything up. And whatever you don't sell, we'll buy back. So those like next to no risk for any of the retailers. And they're like, okay, sure, whatever. They're like a 90-day trial period. And they ended up selling like gangbusters, as we all know. Like, you know, we all kind of, you know, know how, how that all turned out. So. Right. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> yeah rob is like the true mvp yeah yeah i mean it's so I, funny i gotta say like uh marketing works i still want a rob what I mean, does it do? yeah he's wicked cute yeah so he what, is, did, he, what like, did he exactly do okay what it was like it was like the robotic body and he had like you know two little claws that would go on the end of his hand that would like open and close and it would grasp under these gyros and what you would what you would do you would very slowly pick them up and put it on a spinner that thing would like crank it up really fast and you'd pick it up and you'd place it on these like little discs that were, uh, you'd stick the controller into and these, uh, you'd place the thing like on the like little platform and that would keep the, the, and then the gyro spinning, which keeps it balanced for X amount of time until it like, you know, stops spinning or gets too slow or it can't maintain its own balance. And like the weight of that would push a button on the controller that it was like in the contraption. Oh, and then there was only two games made that were really compatible for Rob, uh, Gyromite and Stack Stack Up. Yeah. And um, and it was just like you, know, you hit one button, it would like make certain like pipes go up or down, and like the other button just does it like with a different color pipe or whatever. And it was basically like you'd have to navigate like a, a professor-looking guy through like mazes and like have him avoid mm. like little critters that would get him and just you know make him you know get pipes out of his way and all that stuff just to get him from point A to point B. And stack stack up. I never actually played, but I guess I have a few different modes where it's like you know, you know, it's like memorization games where you have to hit like things in a particular order and then collect the most stacks of what chips or whatever there was. And I think there were different objects that Rob interacted with with that game. But like I said, I'm not familiar with it, so I don't know exactly mm-hmm. what that entailed. I mean, I've seen pictures of him with like these like different colored blocks that he'd you know pick up. <clears throat> so. Yeah, it was it was interesting because they tried to use him as like a artificial player too, but his yeah. reaction time is so slow that like right. the games yes. that you could use it with are these very specific ones that yeah. it's require like, him to be yeah. fast. You you'd hit you'd hit a uh, direction on the control pad, the screen would flash to give like Rob the instruction. You'd be like, bring it. <laughs> it's like connecting to the internet via right. oh, yeah. it's, 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 oh it's just so slow and loud and it's like after like you know, after like four or five minutes like screw this i'm gonna do this myself right i'll just hit the right. a button damn it rob oh it was just so painfully slow the picture i'm looking at with the different it looks like it's serving drinks it does, yeah. The little like yes. red, blue, yellow. Yeah, he's your robotic operating bartender. Bartender. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he could definitely so be on uh, be on Jabba's barge. I think. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding, right? Definitely. But he's and, uh, very cute and very charming. And, super uh, cute. and even like the games themselves. I mean, I don't remember what Stack Up was called in Japan, but um, Gyromite was called Robot Gyro, and they didn't even bother changing the title screens. Title screens to both those games are like the original oh Japanese my God. names. That's so funny. Needed to get get them out here like so. They want just wanted to get it out here as quick as possible. Yesterday, so, like, so they're yeah, like, "Go, whatever." Yeah. Just get this out here. We need to get this system into like you know. They they were convinced that like you know once enough few people got to actually play the games, they're like, "Oh, and we we actually like this as a video game system because they felt like you know the need the like, the desire for video games was still there. It's just that 
obviously with Atari and their lack of control from the third parties, you know, you know, uh, video game developers is making so much trash that flooded the market with a whole bunch of crap games and, you know, kind of just beat up customer confidence, you know, for a couple of years. Right. That was, yep. that was why they came up with the seal of uh, quality, right? The, yes, exactly. Yeah. The gold seal. stamp. Yep. Right. Cause they, you know, to assure that, you know, all the games go through a, like a quality assurance by Nintendo uh, right. developers could only release, I think like five games per year. to avoid flooding the market. Now, some companies, you know, develop, you know, shell identities to kind of circumvent that. Like Konami had Ultra and stuff like that. Right. They would just come up with an imprint. Yeah. Right. But, uh, but generally, you know, just Nintendo kind of had a little tighter lid on that than Atari did, obviously. Mm. Uh, to, you know, so they wouldn't repeat those same mistakes. Right. Yep. Well, you know, both of yours... Uh are worth a good amount of money. So like on eBay, I'm just kind of looking up both the U force and Rob are around two, two fifty, three hundred. Holy um, shit. Yeah. 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 Worth a lot. Yeah. 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 And that I'm not, I'm not talking like complete in box either. Yeah. Uh, the it's, box the, in the box it's, it's over 300. Yeah. Uh, but the, um, there is one dude who is selling the original gyros, the little hockey pucks and they are, right. For one, he's selling them for twenty bucks each. Huh. Like, fuck off. Okay. <laughs> like, can yeah, someone get just, on? Like, just, he's just got wishful thinking there. I mean, so, like, uh, someone's got to like just like print these. I mean, somebody yeah. must. Somebody 3D, must. Three D. Three D. Oh yeah, three D printer. Exactly. Yeah. Just yeah. print yeah. out the gy- well, not not raw, but the gyros at least. Right. Yeah. Twenty yeah. bucks per gyro. Yeah. What, whatever. What yeah, keep it. Yellow. I still need the yellow, but I gotta eat this week, though. <laughs> get that yellow gyro. I, 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 I can either buy a gyro or buy a gyro. Oh, <laughs> what do I, I mean, you always go with the thing you can turn into poop. That's what I always say. Yeah, that's what I always that's say. Usually, Taryn, yeah. Taryn, yeah. that's what I always say. That's what I always say. <laughs> it's true. He's, he says it all the time. Speaking of things that you always say, why don't you, Parasite Steve, tell us about uh, some of your peripheral picks? I don't always say the stuff I'm about to say, but I will say it now. Um, so I have two, but I'm going to attack on a third from uh, our group. We had a um, little dis- discussion going on today, which was pretty fun. And we have our buddy Andrew, who uh, also goes by the Cynic. And he uh, actually sent us a little voicemail, but unfortunately, it it kind of cut off partway through. So... Um, in lieu of playing it, well, first of all, thanks for sending that out, Andrew. That was awesome. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks old, Andrew. Old college buddy of mine. We were roommates for a very long time. And um, yeah, uh, so he actually brought up something that I'm really excited that he brought up because we were not going to mention this system at all tonight, which is Intellivision. And Intellivision is not a system I know a damn thing about. I know Boss Rush, you owned one at one yeah. for like a time, right? But that yes. was... That was like recently, wasn't it? Like the last few years? Yeah, it was years? a couple, couple years ago. You bought one. So I yeah. never, never had one. I yeah. heard the name for sure. But um, so he just wanted to, to talk about the controllers because they were pretty weird. They kind of almost looked like a remote control. Like they had yeah. um, 16 buttons and they're all numbered. Um, at least yeah. I think it's 16. Something like that. No, yeah. it's uh, it's a twelve actually. Okay. So it's twelve buttons, and they're numbered like one through nine, and then there's, I don't know. I it's almost like a telephone pad. 
Yeah, it looks like a yeah. palm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's two other buttons, and then below it, there's like kind of a circular disc, almost like the Max, but not quite. It doesn't really slide yeah. around. Somehow it's worse. Somehow it's worse. Yeah, it, mm. it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. And then there, there are two buttons on each side, but they're not like springy. Okay. So it's like they don't feel good to press. It's like, am I actually doing something? I don't. don't I don't know if I'm actually good. pressing a button. Yeah, I, I, I hate these controllers so much. They yeah, are very weird. And you're just holding it with one hand. That's the other thing. They look like Nokia's. Yeah, they look like <laughs> old phones. They totally mm-hmm. do. Like old they cell phones. They really like do. Early cell phones. So the thing that he wanted to bring up, which I do think is really neat, is different games uh, use the buttons differently. Obviously, there are 12 buttons. So, like, you know, it, it might be difficult to remember what does what and whatever game you're playing. And so they actually came with these little um, inserts these plastic inserts that are super freaking neat. They almost yeah. look like playing cards, but they have more, their edges are more rounded and right. they slide in and can, they cover up the, the buttons. So yeah. you can more easily see it's like a quick reference cheat sheet basically, but they're branded. They're really fun. They have like graphics on them that match the game. They have like yep. the logo of the game and, uh, it's, it's pretty neat because clearly, I mean, I'm looking at different ones. Clearly, uh, the games were use the, the controller vastly differently. Like there's one I'm looking at that it literally turns the top eight buttons into a D-pad. It ignores okay. the center and huh. bottom three or something else. Or they're not they're not directions. They're labeled. I can't I can't quite tell because the resolution of this image is crappy on Google Images. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it, like that's that's that game. And then there's another game that it looks like it only uses the first five buttons, and the rest of it it's it's a game called Auto Racing, and the rest of it is just literally a picture of a race car just for flair because there's nothing else that you need to do in that game. Five <laughs> right. buttons was enough. Right. So yeah, you got to figure they their their like you know thought process was hey we gave you enough buttons you don't need to use yes. them all but right. you got right. buttons if you want them which is kind of like the uh, the Atari Jaguar thing yeah I was actually know. gonna mention that yeah, yeah. yeah. you know ColecoVision um, had like a number pad too and their controller oh, yeah, was yeah. weird oh okay yeah I didn't even realize that but I don't I don't I don't know if any games for the ColecoVision had inserts and I don't I don't recall that they did. Uh, definitely, the Intellivision definitely had those cool. Yeah, and inserts. you can look them up on on uh, the Google Box if if you so choose. Uh, I I enjoy the one for boxing, which um, the one button is is faint. Uh, yeah. Then there's pull punch, another faint. There's a duck. There are, it's four and six are just regular jabs. Seven and nine look like jabs. Eight is a duck, and then there's uh, another faint down. Or no, there's another pull punch down bottom middle. Hilarious. Yep. So that, that company was like, well, we have all the buttons. I guess let's use all the buttons. Which one's you only faint? have yeah. three oh, things no, no. to do, no, though. I, oh, I hit, I hit pull punch. I meant faint. Son of a bitch. <laughs> How would the game know that you were using the overlay? Or would it? So the overlay was just more like instruction for you. For you. you know, the games are just programmed however, but because right. the controller itself, everything's just labeled like numbers one through nine. Mm-hmm. It was more just a way of like, rather than looking in the manual to see, oh, right. you know, yeah. like, is button you'd, five. You'd slide, you'd slide the thing over and like the icon would go over the button you'd press. And then it just kind of tells you like, yeah, exactly which button on to the press. overlay to the button. It right. would just slide over, over the... Over Very the low technology, just right. like a, you know... Yeah, that's lower technology. Right. And I was thinking there was something in the overlay 
that, no. Like, no. no, 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 nope. just simple just, like cutout. Yeah, it's like a thin piece of plastic, and it it just fits right over the buttons. And uh, I can't tell if the if the the overlay is flat or if the button areas are slightly convex or not. But um, it uh, it is neat. It's very very different. And, I'm looking uh, at some. They they look really cool. Yeah, They're super yeah, they neat. Do, yeah. They look like yeah. just a fun collectible to have I, even if you don't I, have an Intellivision. I agree. There's a Masters of the Universe one that looks pretty rad. Like, there's definitely some cool ones just Burger to collect. There's there a Burger yeah. Time. It looks like it only uses three buttons, maybe four yeah. at the bottom. Yep. Like, yep. how many do you need for Burger Time? I mean, come on. You got Bump yeah. and Jump that has like. Yeah, the Bump two. and Jump one is cool. Yeah. Walking pretty, chain. pretty cool. So, Plenty uh, neat ones. Thanks to our our buddy the Cynic for uh, pointing yeah. that out. That's an awesome yeah. one. Actually, while we're on the Intellivision, I like to yeah. quickly just mention one more peripheral for that the sure. uh, the voice synth the voice synthesizer. I, 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 I nothing can talk better than I can. I am much mouth mode though. Boss Rush has a lisp when he says that word. Do voice synthesizer. Yes, yes, he does. And there was only a handful of games that was made for it for the Intellivision, and I didn't really like any of them. But okay. it was really cool that you got to actually hear it, it talk, and it was talk. It talked pretty well especially for like in the early 80s was that the uh the b-17 bomber yeah, b-17 bomber was it was one of the games yeah the others were space spartans bomb squad tron solar sailor and Intellivision world series baseball bomb squad oh, yeah. so yeah, like, I, I obviously like the baseball the one with call balls and strikes you're out whatever all that jazz hmm. that was probably like the only playable game that <laughs> that had the voice synthesizer so it's called the IntelliVoice Voice Synthesis Module. Yes. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, it looks like there's a full keyboard attachment. Yeah, there is a tiny little keyboard attachment. I wonder if there was like a speak and say kind of thing where you could type <laughs> stuff in and hey, just have guy, it. Hey, you want me to type on you, you little, little rascal? <laughs> little rascal. Hello, father. <laughs> <laughs> Go to your room, IntelliVoice. I told okay. you to pick up them socks two days ago. Don't you want to play Bomb Squad? No! It's weird when, like, the first, actually, it's, like, the first game I heard, like, speak like that, like, it was the B-17 Bomber, and it just blew my mind. I mean, too bad I hated the game, but the Mattel Electronics presents Blaze B-17 Bomber with, like, complete with Southern drawl. And yeah, it's everything. got this it's crazy ridiculous. Southern accent. Yeah. Oh, oh it's fantastic awesome. as hell. I mean, I, I mean, like I said, the technology is pretty rad. It's just... Like I said, the, the baseball was like the only game I could actually tolerate at all. I mean, I, I was never a fan of the Intellivision just in general. I don't know. For some reason, I just didn't like that. I mean, there were a couple of games I liked, like uh, Astro Blast, and Burger Time was actually pretty good on that too. But for the most part, I just didn't really get into any of the games. It was, like, it was more all, popular in, in England, right? Wasn't uh, that probably. one of those systems? Maybe. But I think yeah. the ColecoVision definitely was. And then there's the Amstrad. I think I'm strong, yeah. Uh, and the Commodore 64. Yes. Commodore! I, th- I don't know. I could be wrong on the uh, Intellivision being uh, big. In- I'm huge in England. Mattel Electronics presents Three Seventeen Bomber. That's it. <laughs> there it is. There it is. That audio quality was phenomenal, too, by the way. That sounded it like... It was. I mean, I, like I said, it's like freaking pretty awesome technology. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that Especially the Mattel like electronics or something. That's right. Like, yeah, my TI eighty nine had worse voiceover than that. <laughs> yeah. TI eighty nine was like, oh my car. 
Oh my god. Yeah. All right. So uh, that's Andrew's choice, but Parasite Steve, what do you got? <clears throat> so I'm going to go back to the uh, old standby, the NES, and I want to talk about a little thing that I never owned, but I've always uh, been interested in the Nintendo Power Pad. Uh, okay. Now, this is, yep. now, some of us own this, right? Like, I know, I know, Joe, you had this. I don't recall if I did. I believe you had it. Uh, did you have a Boss Rush? No. The power pad, no? So I guess not. But anyway, so this, this thing is basically a flat mat that you would just roll out on the ground. Uh, are you familiar with this, Miss Taryn? Miss Taryn Barber? I am not. I, I no. <laughs> I'm looking at it. Is, is that the one that's like a, um, it's like Twister? The yeah, it's got the yeah, blue and red yeah, circles. Yeah. 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 No, I didn't have one. So it's, it's got a little bit of an interesting, uh, story i think personally but yeah so you basically roll it out and it had like uh 12 buttons again and and it's like twister it's big enough to you know stand on and the whole point is to sort of in, interject this theme of um fitness and uh exercise and whatever and it, it definitely is a neat idea in theory um mm -hmm. but from what i understand in practice it didn't quite work exactly how they wanted but originally this thing was released in 1986 by the company bandai and it was not called the Power Pad. It was called the uh, Family Trainer in Japan. The yeah. Family Trainer. Because okay. they have to train you to be a family. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then it was, uh, it was that same year. It was brought to America again by Bandai. And it was called the Family Fun Fitness. Uh, mm. And both, if you ask me, like both of those names are just garbage. Because right. Like, right. at the end of it, it needs to be a thing. Like, where's the noun? Like the family trainer, the trainer's the noun. So this is a person? No, that's not how it works. Family fun fitness, the fitness is what it is? No, that's what you get. So I like- Good luck need, fitness in your living room. I, yeah, I need a noun at the end of this. So I think both those, both those names are just terrible. But anyway, the family trainer just seems extra weird to me. I don't know. It's like, it's a communist state. Don't ask questions. Um, but anyway, so, so the accessory was promptly scooped up by Nintendo, uh, rebranded, and what they did was they, they recalled all versions of the Bandai versions from both countries and all, and the, all the two games that existed, uh, and they re-released in 1988, they released it as the Power Pad. And it does look very different um, if you want to look up the Family Trainer or the Family Fun Fitness. Um, uh, but basically, it's just two thin sheets of plastic there's some you know clearly some wires and uh buttons underneath the 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 circles the big circles that you're supposed to press and it just sort of felt like it was full of like i don't know uh like like tin foil or something it's like this crinkly packaging foam sort of a weird feel it was very crinkly crinkled and crackled when you when you uh touched it which was weird but mm. it's anyway, like a ddr so dance pad if you ever played ddr yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah. Oh yeah, so so actually, I was going to mention that, but the um, this is basically the earliest version of of. There's one game that's kind of like the the earliest known version of a Dance Dance Revolution type game, and I'll get to that. But um, so <clears throat> as I said, I never owned one. I always assumed that this is this is just kind of funny. I learned this today. Um, I always assumed that the main game that you played on the Power Pad was Track and Field, but yeah. you can't play Track and Field on the Power Pad. It's it's Wait, incompatible. What? Yeah, I thought that it, that is what it was for. A hundred percent, you cannot. It does not work. Like I couldn't believe it. I kept I kept like not seeing it on the lists of the best power pad games, and then I kept looking, and then I like looked for a Reddit, and somebody's like, "Why can't I get my track and field to work?" And they're like, "Dude, 
you can't, it doesn't work. It's incompatible. Track and field came out way earlier. Track and field came out on the Nintendo in 1983. Oh, but it works on world-class track. So, so it were, there are track and field like games that came out for the power pad, but track and field oh, does okay. not work. So, okay. but anyway, yeah, I think, so, uh, I think world-class track meet was the game that was compatible with it. So, uh, <clears throat> the original Bandai version was packaged with a game called Athletic World, but there was also a game called World Class Track Meet, which is uh, um, the, the infamous game that was rebranded in America as Stadium Events. And uh, I'm sure some of us have heard of this game uh, it, because it became infamous for being one of the most rare Nintendo games of all time because, after all, it was only out there for a little while and it got recalled and they destroyed them all. So it's not even like they had their initial production run and whatever was out there was out. No, they pulled them. So whoever had already bought stadium events had it, but that was it. Um, in 2017, uh, Taryn Barber, I don't know... I don't know how much money you have laying around for various like Amalga auctions, but if you ever, if you ever come across a copy of stadium, stadium events, pretty cheap, you should probably snag it and put it up on the site because uh, in 2017 on eBay, somebody actually ponied up almost $42,000 wow. for a copy of stadium events. Do you so know that, why they um, pulled them and destroyed them? What's that? Do you know why they destroyed them? Uh, yes. Be well, so they recalled them because Nintendo was being a dick and they wanted to pre uh, rename everything and rebrand everything. Yeah. Re so, oh, wow. yeah so, they, so originally the, the thing was the family fun fitness and now they're like, nope, it's a, it, it's, it's a Nintendo product in America. So it has to have the word friggin' power in it because, uh, otherwise how will anybody know it's Nintendo, I guess. And they couldn't uh, so just ship out new labels. Yeah, I should, should be, but no. Nope. The, um, the, so stadium events uh, is a weird game. But anyway, uh, other than stadium events, because there actually were a handful of games, there was also um, Dance Aerobics, which, as uh, alluded to earlier, uh, is actually like kind of the early, like, it's not exactly DDR. It's just, you know, it's telling you to do a motion like a twister type thing. And then you have to repeat it, and you're just trying to do what the instructor. It's kind of funny. It's it's a decent graphic actually for Nintendo. It's this really cute, like you know, instructor lady with leg warmers, and she's just kind of on the screen and you know doing all these whatever poses you're supposed to mimic and stuff. And from what I could could gather from videos and stuff, it seems to be like you know kind of fun, but like the super slowed down version of DDR. But hey, it's like essentially the earliest version of that's that. cool though. Yeah. There was also Super Team Games, which was another track and field-like game, uh, along with Athletic World. Um, unless that's... Oh, no. That's, that's, that's one of the original titles. Excuse me. So Super Team Games, for sure. There was uh, a game that was a double cartridge, which I didn't even think there were other double cartridges, I guess. I only think of Mario and Duck Hunt, but maybe... I mean, maybe I'm just dumb and there's a ton, but um, there was a game called Short Order that was packaged with ex egg explode egg explode okay they got jokes and short order was kind of like a simon type game like there was an animal and there were ingredients to make a burger and the animal would be like bun lettuce lettuce tomato patty cheese cheese tomato and then it's your turn and then you had to just repeat it 
And it's just like that. It's just like Simon. And that was that game. But of course, every, every you know, ingredient is a different location on the power pad. So um, there's that. And then Explode was like, actually like kind of has my favorite graphics of any power pad game. And basically you're looking at a screen of, I think there's like nine or maybe it's 12, um, like, chicken boxes like if you have chickens and there's like a nest on top of the box and then a chicken on top of the nest and there's a bunch of them and they're slowly laying eggs and you have to like click on the egg when one lays an egg and it's uh but there's a there's a fox and he keeps running around and planting bombs under the chickens <laughs> so then you have to defeat fox but essentially it's it's whack-a-mole Really, that's like you're just mm. slamming down on whatever. Um, and the, the weirdest game by far, um, apparently, according to everybody on YouTube, is a game hilariously called Street Cop. And I guess it's not as hilarious in our current climate, but literally it's this like super cute cop that is beating down criminals. And uh, I don't know what to say about it. Uh, it exists. Yeah. It was a thing. Um, and it uh, apparently doesn't work at all. So I guess nobody has played the power pad. So I was going to ask if anybody had, but did you see no. that it, that the family trainer was re-released in um, 2008 for the Wii? No. Yeah. Oh my god, that's so, oh, that's crazy. so they just like put it on the virtual console there or something. Yeah, it, it looks the pad like the the button colors are a little different. They're pastel colors. Okay. But other than that, it looks pretty much the same. So huh. it's, a, it's a physical pad. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, also, still Bandai. Jeez. Family Trainer 2008. Oh, yeah. Damn. That's hilarious. Like, clearly the same. I wonder if it crinkles. Oh, it's got to have that crinkle. Otherwise, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Otherwise, it's <laughs> Don't not, want not, it. Don't it's want not it. legit. Don't want uh, no, I did not know that. That's pretty cool. So for the Wii, I mean, that does sort of make sense. It feels like a Wii thing. Yeah. Because there was a similar, wasn't there another pad thing for the Wii? Like a, what was the Wii fitness? The balance board that Taryn Oh, that's just the balance board that you guys yeah, talked about. Yeah, that's yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, plenty anyway. of games did have like, uh, you know, DDR style pads as well, but mm -hmm. they were usually game specific. Gotcha. Uh, pretty much what everybody says on YouTube, and I have heard this before, is that you kind of like start out with the best intentions and you're like, yeah, I'm going to run and, you know, use my legs. And then like after 10 minutes, you're like, fuck this. And then you just sort of drop to the ground and just like use your hands. Slap and the buttons. And smack <laughs> the buttons and it's just way easier. So that's just what you're doing, which. That sounds um, right. Which is what uh, Boss Rush always said about the power glove, which I guess we should mention at some point that you said you just kind of like ripped it off your hand and just used it like a controller pretty much. Right, basically, because it did have like a, like a standard-ish like D-pad and buttons like if you'd laid like on like across your lap or something. And yeah, just not use it as they, uh, they, wanted, to, they wanted you to use it as. So it's like, nah, I'm just going to use it like this. It's like the only way I could actually even use it. Yeah, I, know, I, I did always want a power glove. I, I'm sure like most, most kids of the day, but yeah. Did not we have had one. one, but I can't remember what we used it for. Like, I imagine it would be for boxing, but there's only one. So that would seem weird. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, you couldn't use two at once. Know. Yeah. So we had one, but I don't remember what we played with it. 
I'll tell you what it was for. It was for feeling like a freaking golden god for like five minutes. <laughs> I am all powerful. And then oh, it sucks. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, it does. Terrible. Um, I mean, that, that, that was a huge disappointment too because it looked awesome. It sure did. Yeah. And the commercials. I mean, marketing, man. I'm telling you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Advertising works. Yep. The wizard, you know. Oh, and the yeah. wizard. The, the kid used a yep. fucking glove like a fucking pro. Yep. It only worked for him, though. Yeah. <laughs> because they cut away. They cut to footage took, of someone probably playing with a real controller. controller yeah. <laughs> yeah fucking, much. fucking Lucas. Get out of here with your fucking Ugh. stupid mullet and your awesome power glove skills. Like, you don't <laughs> exist. You're not real. This isn't real life. Um, so if everybody's cool with the power pad, I'll move on to my last thing. Sure. Sure. Go for it. I have, uh, I'm going to go to the next amount of bits and I'm going to go to the, uh, super, super Nintendo. And I want to talk about the super Nintendo mouse. Yeah. Game that it was. I love this with thing. Was, of course, Mario paint, as we mentioned earlier. So the, uh, NES, the SNES mouse, the SNES mouse was made by Nintendo. Because a lot of the other- mouse sounds like a German thing. It does. <laughs> Snez mouse. Snez mouse. <laughs> oh, Snez mouse. <laughs> uh, so a lot of a lot of the peripherals were actually made by um, other companies, but the the Snez mouse was actually made by Nintendo, and it was released on my birthday, July fourteenth, nineteen ninety two, in Japan, and one month later in the, the old U.S. of A. And it is a handsome gray and purple little trackball style mouse similar to the computer mice of the day with a cord that was just, let's face it, way the hell too short. And it came with a hard plastic mouse pad. So you could just put it on your lap and sort of sit there and, and crisscross applesauce and play your Mario Paint all night. And then, um, and yeah, so it came with Mario Paint and this big cool box. I remember going to the store and getting that at the mall and I just like, was beside myself i was so excited i've always been a creative artsy fartsy type type and i don't know i was just so freaking excited to get this game and uh the box is just so big and um so it was all bundled together i I wish i remember how much it was i feel like it was probably more than a normal game but i don't know i don't remember how much it was but um soon after its uh introduction several other titles were released that did actually have uh, mouse support. Obviously, we all know Mario Paint. I don't need to really talk much about it. But um, in, in total, there were over 60 games that actually uh, included support for, for the mouse. Including Arkanoid, which was a super fun one. Um, so, uh, again, we'll get there. But uh, <laughs> most, of this, <laughs> most of these were Japanese exclusives. Um, but, um, yeah, so um, among them, notable among them is this one one japanese only release that was the first mario game to not come over to the united states it is a game that was uh, released in 1993 called mario and wario which is a point and click puzzle type game that honestly has some incredibly fun like really cute graphics and is by all accounts according to the people who've played it on youtube a really fun game um i had never even heard of this game until today but the gameplay focuses on guiding Mario, who has like various objects over his head that he can't see through, like a bucket or a turtle shell or something like that. And so he's just like walking forward blindly, like in Lemmings, right? He's just going forward. 
and you control this little fairy character whose name is Wanda and she has a magic wand and I wish that Wanda would show up. I feel like, is she, is she a, a trophy in Smash Brothers at least? I, I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't play those games, but like Wanda needs to, needs to be a trophy at least or a amiibo or something. Um, and she's really cute and she can uh, affect various things, various uh, things in the environment, make blocks appear and, and uh, you make Mario sort of not die, basically. He just walks forward and sometimes he'll hit a wall and turn around and other times it's like, oh, you got to save him because he's going to fall in the, in the pit and there'll be spiky, bloody death. Um, but without the blood, of course, because this was early Super Nintendo. Um, right. So yeah, anyway, this game uh, looks pretty fun. It was, uh, I guess you could also uh, select, depending on the speed of the character, it was like easy, medium, and hard, but uh, you select either Mario to be the, the character that you're trying to make not die, or Peach or Yoshi were the three characters, but you always control Wanda. So anyway, I thought that was uh, pretty fun. I would like to play that game. And apparently, even though it's a Japanese exclusive, there's, there's like no text you need to read or anything. There's literally no good reason why it didn't come over here. I, don't, I have no idea why it didn't. Um, but anyway... Yeah. Uh, so other, some other compatible games that we did get here, uh, I'll just run down the list that I wrote down. This is no, by no means all of them, but these were just some notables. Uh, we had Wolfenstein 3D, port of Wolfenstein 3D. We had Super Caesar's Palace. We had Lamborghini American Challenge, which looked like OutRun. And from what I understand it, I mean, the graphics are really, really friggin' great. It really looked like an OutRun arcade style sort of a racing game. Mm-hmm. but um, I guess the weird thing, like think about this, right? When you're, when you're controlling a racing game, like in those old days, you're pressing right, you're pressing left, but when you're not pressing, it centers the controller back, right? When you stop pressing right, it's now back to center. So with the mouse, you didn't have that. So you're constantly like trying to get back to center, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, okay, I can, con- I can move left to go around this turn, but then you have to like... Unmove like, left. Yeah, like unmove left. And then, right, so like basically what everybody was saying is that it's an interesting idea, but it just doesn't work well at all and it's, it's pointless, but it's worth mentioning. It's weird. I'd never even heard of this game, Lamborghini American Challenge. Then there's uh, the Jurassic Park game that came out in 1993, which uh, for Super Nintendo it was very different than any of the other versions of, of Jurassic Park because there was a bunch of Jurassic Park games that came out. The game was obviously, I mean, the movie was obviously pretty, pretty big. And the Super Nintendo one, for those of you who don't remember, it was actually a top-down sort of uh, like almost Legend of Zelda walking around type of game. And the thing, the thing was, oh, actually, I shouldn't say Zelda. I should say it was similar to Fester's Quest. It's that top-down action game, but you could go in buildings. Just like in Fester's Quest, you'd go in buildings, and then it would switch to a first-person mode. And for whatever friggin' reason, they put in mouse support only for the first-person levels. You couldn't do anything with the mouse until you were in first-person mode in in one of the buildings, and then if you wanted to, you could use the mouse. Like, who would even know that? Yeah, weird. that's that's so obscure. It's just the most weird friggin' thing, I swear. Mm. Um, there was also uh, Lemmings 2, The Tribes, uh, which apparently, I, I, from what I read, it, was, uh, it works great and feels a lot better than the controller. There's also a game I'd never heard of, came out in 94, called Pieces, and it's a, it's a puzzle game, 
where like the screen is split so two people can you know competitively you know play this game and and just like a tetris or something like that but basically you are making a jigsaw puzzle on each side very weird and obviously would be no fun with a controller like good god right totally yeah Yeah, right jesus so i mean with the mouse uh they said that this was actually uh, a very good game for the mouse it was really fun i had never heard of this i don't remember who made it but i had never heard of the developer um there's also a game that we talked about in our last episode which is looney tunes acme animation factory uh came out in 1994 and this was uh basically it was different than i thought it was uh, because there was a there was a Tiny Toons animation factory game we were talking about last week, and uh, actually it was a f- couple weeks ago, um, and and you could sort of make like mini cartoons. They were like pre-programmed animations of various things. You sort of just plop them onto a timeline and make them go the way you want them to go, and make your own little cartoons or whatever. But this had that, but it also had a lot of Mario Paint stuff. And actually, from what I understand, it was a pretty darn good Mario Paint type game. Um, and it did some of the stuff better, according to some of the people that I was, uh, I was watching their videos. Um, so kind of weird. I had no idea that it was that robust of a game. Um, I don't think I ever played it, but Looney Tunes, Acme Animation Factory. There's also a weird Lord of the Rings game. It's called, hilariously, the only reason I'm mentioning it is because it's called Lord of the Rings Volume 1. And there <laughs> was no Volume 2. Classic. <laughs> nice. it, failed, it failed miserably, and it looked terrible it looks awful i mean so boring and awful but apparently you could use the mouse also a game called uh tin star came out in 1994 and uh cartoony wild west game with robots and it really just looks like wild guns it it looks (laughs) not quite as good as wild guns the graphics are different and not definitely i prefer the graphics in wild guns but um Sort of that kind of game, that shooting gallery style game. And uh, from, what I, from what I gathered, it is a uh, fairly fun game that uh, works pretty well with the uh, Super Nintendo mouse. There's also a couple arcade ports, just like, uh, well, I guess Wolfenstein wasn't an arcade. But we had a couple arcade ports, T2 the arcade game and Revolution X, both arcade shooters. And uh, from, what I, uh, from what I can glean, uh, Revolution X... Would I remember that? Now, that was the Aerosmith first person, like, yeah, yeah, on yeah. Like the, the, yeah, like the rail shooter, or not, yeah, like and you up. shot like CDs. That was your, yeah, was something like that. Yeah, uh, I remember this game. I remember renting it and thinking it was unplayably bad. <laughs> so, right. I literally remember getting to a boss. I remember playing this game, getting to a boss. I feel like it was a giant robot ant. That's what I think in my head i'm not a giant a giant (laughs) yes and uh i was i was sitting there trying to kill this ant for more than half an hour and eventually was like i guess the game's glitched out because Mm. i'm done like I, i there's no way it could possibly take more hits like i'm just i'm doing nothing but shooting it for like half an hour and uh, yeah, that was so that's my takeaway from the port. But apparently, uh, yeah. it, it, it is no better with the mouse. I'm sure that doesn't happen every time, but that did happen to me. Uh, T2, the arcade game, was supposed to be a, a little bit better. And there's also, as uh, 8-Bit mentioned, Arkanoid Do It Again, which is actually one of the latest Super Nintendo games to come out. It came out in 1997. 
And uh, by all accounts, this is the way to play that game. Um, it is uh, supposedly the best version of it, and you got to play it on. So you got to play it on the Super Nintendo, and you got to play it with the mouse. And supposedly, it's just super awesome. And I have to say, I don't think I played a single non Mario Paint game with that mouse. I played <laughs> ever living crap out of Mario Paint. Yep, Holy right. Crap. Yep, These yep. guys will tell you, like I used to make cartoons and stuff, just like Mike Matei does or whatever. And like all like years and years and years of like nothing but Mario Paint. That was all my free time. Mm-hmm. And I, I do not think I played a single other game with that mouse. I had <laughs> no idea. There were 60 freaking games that had support. Yeah, 60 games is incredible. I mean, most weird yeah. peripherals like that have maybe like five if that right. you know yeah. and and for 60 like that's some seriously awesome support which is mm-hmm. which is cool and you know the the mario paint mouse and everything definitely it I, I feel like it probably have a similar effect as rob did where it kind of marketed the system as like not just a game you know it's it's a creative yeah. studio your kids sure, can you know yeah. do all kinds of stuff they can learn like music composition and drawing and animation and you know so it, i think also just really worked well in that respect. So there was probably so many people who ended up buying the mouse that Nintendo turned around and went, hey, let's, uh, let's actually get some games that can use it so that people have more things to do with it. It was super right. cool. Yeah. Did, uh, did you have a, a Super Nintendo mouse with your Mario paint, Miss Taryn Barber? I did not. In fact, I wasn't even aware of the mouse until you just brought it up. Oh, my God. Oh my I know. God. Ugh. I used to think you were so cool. What, what the heck? <laughs> this show is over. <laughs> Screw this. I'm going to crush this can. I'm so mad. Oh, I heard it. He's so mad. Oh. <laughs> Crazy. When you use the mouse for a shooter, is there a target and you just use the mouse to move the yes. target? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And so you'd call that a reticle, not a target. The target is whatever you're shooting, but the little thing that's your cursor uh-huh. It's like your little reticle, and that would move around the screen. So yeah, uh, yeah, because otherwise it just wouldn't work at all. That doesn't yep. make it really easy. It does, but I don't know. I guess Revolution X was just garbage. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, it wasn't a very good game to begin with. Right. But yeah, I mean, maybe that's part of it. Is you know, it's like these old controllers that had the turbo buttons and stuff. Like it makes them easy, but that also kind of makes you want to have the thing because yeah. you know maybe the game's super hard. So. I mean, I think, I, I think shooter games with uh, con- regular controllers are just uh, almost like there's no reason yeah. to play it. Yeah, oh, it's so brutal. I know. Yeah, it's, you it's all about having you a want gun. It, you just want yep. the damn gun. That's how it's, it's so cool. Yeah, you do. Yep. You do. Mm-hmm. They're just but, so much uh, fun. Down from that, I guess I would choose a mouse. Yeah, definitely. That's why so many uh, PC games are shooters. Yeah. You know, got that mouse built right in. Mm-hmm. All right, very cool. So, uh last and maybe least hopefully not least uh i will i will talk about a couple of peripherals here um so the the first one that i want to start with is a really bizarre interesting foray into like the educational game world which is uh the miracle piano teaching system and uh (laughs) this this how are they teaching miracles it's it is just a miracle that there is a piano teaching system on the nes that's, you know that, that's that's how that's I interpret point. it. That is a good point. And so not only was this a, a $500 keyboard that you Ooh. had to plug into your game console. Uh, so you would buy the keyboard and it came with the cartridge. 
and they actually um, it's this better. Came, <laughs> this came out with yeah, right. This came out in 1990 uh, and made by a company called the Software Toolworks, and they over the years came out with versions for the NES, the Super Nintendo, the Mac, the um, PC slash MS DOS, uh, Amiga, and the Sega Genesis. And they wow. essentially were all the same exact piano, but you would have the different cartridge that went along with whatever system, or if it was oh, a computer, right, right. it would be like a floppy disk. Hmm. Um, and then basically what, what was happening was the, uh, the game cartridge that you would plug in would transmit all of the data back and forth to the keyboard, and the keyboard is actually what would produce the, the music, the sounds. It would come out of the speakers in this, this piano. And... Um, it was a four-octave keyboard, had 48 keys. You had, like, six different built-in sounds. And then you could also do, like, a variety of button combinations to change them up. You could split the keyboard left and right to have one instrument on the left side, one on the right. And uh, basically, the way that it would work is you'd pop the game in, and there would be um, a child mode or an adult mode. And it was essentially like, hey, how can we teach you to play the piano? Are you a baby person or are you a big person so uh it would guide you through a series of instructional kind of exercises now there were there were things that were just straight up like this is how you play a chord this is you know whatever and then there were other little mini games that they would throw in there to kind of break things up so you might be like you know doing two or three exercises that are just playing like, you know, five notes in a row or whatever. And then it could start up uh, with like a mini game called, uh, there was one called Robo Man. And it would be essentially just be like this little robot guy moving left to right. And you would have to hit the right key on the piano to make a platform appear in front of him so that he wouldn't fall down. And so it, it did like a number of different things like that. Honestly, I haven't been able to find like a ton of videos on this thing other than people just playing it for like five minutes or so. But, um, it's really interesting that this thing even existed. And uh, apparently, this, this was, you know, an officially licensed Nintendo product for the, the NES version and the Super Nintendo version. They had the gold Nintendo seal of approval on it. But a lot of people actually, uh, they, had a, they had a program where you could send in your keyboards that were meant for the NES and Super Nintendo and have them modified to be working on the computer. So huh. I think a lot of people outgrew the usefulness of having it on the NES and they would just send it into, you know, the, the software Toolworks company and they would modify it so you could use it on, you know, the other system that you'd, you'd prefer, I guess. Um, and when they did that, they would actually take a piece of plastic and cover over the Nintendo seal of approval. <laughs> like they're, oh, like this is geez. no longer a Nintendo product. So yes. um, I, I, I think this thing is the coolest thing ever. I want one yeah. so bad. I, I want one so bad. seal of removal. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Big plastic oval. Just nope. They say it in Nintendo. But uh, yeah, I want one of these so bad. Unfortunately, they're crazy rare and crazy expensive. And uh, just the cartridge alone, which by the way, the game cartridge is useless without the keyboard. So of course everybody out there is also selling them separately because, you know, chances are in this day and age, you're going to find one and maybe not the other, but um, it's very rare, very collectible, but man, I want to play around with a NES piano. It's so cool. That is cool. I, right. I never even heard of this thing. 
Yeah, it's it's really neat. And I, I was able to find one guy who had it on the Sega Genesis. And they clearly, you know, there were some years between those two versions. So they had changed up a few things. But by and large, the keyboard is the same keyboard. They just changed up the uh, the interface on the console and stuff like I that. I think I may have actually seen one of these in real life at a, at a game store in uh, New Hampshire called Core Gaming. I'm pretty oh, sure wow. they had one at one point. I mean, I didn't bother looking at the price because I didn't realize it was like even like expensive or rare or anything. I just, I just saw like, oh, wow, that's that, that Nintendo piano thing. That's kind of cool. Right. And, yeah. So it, it's, it's worth a pretty, I mean, it sold for 500 back in the day, yeah. you know, in 1990. Actually, they are actually pretty cheap. Oh, um, yeah? Well, yeah. Um, the keyboard, everybody's selling them. Yeah, it's only three hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> uh, no, they're selling for under a hundred. Some people are uh, like one guy selling the keyboard by itself for thirty-five. What oh, about oh, the cartridge? Oh, oh, but the shipping is seventy-one dollars. Oh, right. Oh, cool. Yeah, sure. and and the cartridge I heard people also charge a lot for. I, I didn't. So, I didn't uh, double there's check. There's one that says uh, free shipping, hundred and twenty dollars, um, and it looks like it comes with. Oh, it's it's the floppy version. The floppy oh, okay. Version. Yeah. Womp womp. Well, I mean, floppy. the worst case scenario is you then you'd have, you know, the biggest part of it, and you would have to just get the uh, actually the the cartridge only. Somebody selling the loose one for fifteen ninety nine. Hey, that's not. I also love the cartridge label. It's like another, this cool uh, another, piano. Another for twenty. Another mm. for fifteen. So it seems like you could get one hundred and twenty bucks for the keyboard. And you'd have mm-hmm. the floppies, and then, you know, and it has all the cables and stuff. Um, it has a bag he's selling it with, um, but it's, uh, and then you'd have to get the bag. You gotta get the bag. Yeah, you gotta in the bag. Yeah, I mean, you got it in the bag. It's in the bag. It's in the bag. Well, that's cool. Uh, so it seems like there's a, there's a path forward. Maybe one day I will I will own a Miracle Piano teaching system. Yes. Um, but yeah, super neat. I, I always I, when I ever I found out about this thing, I was just like, oh my God, what what is this? This is yeah, amazing. That's, that yeah. is awesome. Um, that is straight up super awesome. super cool uh and then the other one i want to talk about is maybe the bane of every like you know <laughs> person's like living room in the 2000s and that is the uh the donkey kong bongos for the gamecube so this is this is like you know jumping forward quite a number of years um now just right that these bongos are really cool looking like they yes. are a very well put together sturdy model bongo and you know the the pads on the top that you would trigger and stuff like that felt great like it's an awesome controller the problem is is that unlike the the super nintendo mouse nintendo made next to no games that supported this thing and um the only games that were initially promoted for there was the the donkey conga games which were like a bongo centric music game a la like guitar hero but everything was you playing the bongos um and then there was one other game uh that i'll that i'll talk about a little bit more later that's called donkey kong jungle beat and that was the only one that was actually like a game game not you know like a, a musical thing but uh yeah so this was this was put out in like 2004 with the first donkey konga game and uh you had there was a there was a left and right bongo there was a single button on the front and then there was a microphone that would respond to you either like if you would clap was usually what they wanted you to do to activate it or you could also like you could you know, tap your hand against the side of the bongo and that would also usually trigger it and so that was usually how I how I would play it and uh, and honestly the the crazy thing about this controller is that it actually worked very well 
Like it did everything it was supposed to. Um, Donkey Kong Jungle Beat was like you know a, a side-scrolling platformer game. You you know left and right bongos move left and right. You would hit both at the same time to jump, and then you would clap uh, to basically have Donkey Kong do an attack or grab something, or it was like a an all-purpose feature. And I loved this game. I still think that this game alone is worth owning the bongo controllers for because it's super fun and just super different. Uh, but the other thing is you can play it without the bongos. You can play it with just a normal controller. So really... You can play with the U-Force. You can play with the U-Force. <laughs> you just got to get that guy on YouTube to modify it. You're fine. Yeah. But uh, so, so other than those games, there was a series of um, uh, drum games in Japan called uh, the Taiko Drum Master. And I believe that that game supported the 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 dongos is what I just wanted to call them, uh, the DK bongos. Uh, but honestly, they never came out here, so I, I can't even confirm that. And they are one of those things that every GameStop, every Walmart, every store was trying to get rid of these damn things. And I actually hit a point in college where I had one, and a friend of mine was like, "Hey, I'll give you." this, 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 and this GameCube games for free if you take my four Donkey Kong bongos forever. Like, you don't have to pay me. You don't need to pay me any money. I just don't want these fucking bongos in my house anymore. And I was just like, I mean, okay. I could probably get rid of the bongos, you know, anywhere. And uh, yeah, no, I have a tower of five Donkey Kong bongos behind my bed. Still, so basically, it's what 2020. You're the, so that what you're saying is that the Donkey Kong Bongos controller is your version of Joe and his silent service. Uh, no, for the love of fucking God, do not send me four or or five more, however many more, so I can have eight bongos or 25. I don't 25 want them. I don't want them. No, I will run out of room in my house. There's, they're, they're ridiculous. And, uh, and so I was, uh, I was doing some research on this, and I was a little bit misinformed. So I thought there was one other game that used the bongos, because there there's a game on the GameCube that was a little-known game. Not many people played it, and it's called Odama. And it is a, uh, it's a pinball game, but it all takes place like in feudal Jap uh, like Japan war times. And basically, you have this giant you know stone ball that you you can you know use the flippers to move around the field and uh and you're trying to defeat the enemy army while also trying to you know not hit as many of your own soldiers as possible it's a really weird game um i own a copy of it i was able to find it and i was under the impression that it used the bongos to control the the flippers it turns out that the game was originally going to do that. And apparently uh, when demos of the game were shown off at like conventions and things, uh, it did have the support for the DK bongos. But when the game actually came to market, they had removed the feature entirely. And oh. so I was super disappointed because as of this morning, I still thought that it worked on it. So I was really, I was really bummed to find that out. I'm like, man, a pinball game would be such a perfect other game to Seriously. use this for. Because you could I do the tilt. I know you could use the tilt by by clapping or tapping the side, and then you have your left and right flipper, and you know you're done. That's perfect. But anyway, I I think these are are noteworthy because they're ridiculous, and the thought of Nintendo sitting down and designing these controllers for a trilogy of rhythm games, which by the way, the third one never came out in America. America only got Donkey Konga one and two. Japan got the third one, 
And then we have Donkey Kong Jungle Beat where the controller is optional. So really, you have two games that require this controller. I mean, yeah. that's ridiculous. This thing is enormous. So I, I think that's pretty funny. Um, but anyway, you know, that, that's probably all I need to say about the bongos here. Um, <laughs> I remember them. I remember you getting them. I did not know about the four pairs of bongos. Yeah, no, that happened in college. It was like 2011 or 2012 or something. And I just, and I don't know, I came home one day and I was like, I need to find a place to put these forever. <laughs> I'm never getting rid of these. And so I just like shoved them behind my bed. So there's, yeah, there's like a, there's like a tower. It's like, five, you know, three feet tall. Oh, they're so, they're, they're so numerous. They've become our currency. I know I could trade with them. Seriously, if anybody wanted them. Seriously, if anybody wants them. Five bongos would be roughly a nickel, depending on the strength, <laughs> it of, the depends on the strength of the max. I don't, I don't know <laughs> right, right. Taryn, um, would, you, would you like one? I would. I would. Oh, my God. I'm going to grab Oh, my God. Okay. You know, do you, have a, do you have a GameCube currently hooked up? I do not. Okay. I was going to say, because I could potentially put together a little, you know, a gift basket for you i could i could track down a copy of donkey konga and, and get you a bongo i will give give you the bongo for free well i mean could, could I, will, you, I mean could i you will give you the whole thing for free I, I i mean i just i just want you to have one of these <laughs> what about for the marketplace could you would would that oh, be interesting yeah, that'd to, be cool. yeah yeah i mean if you if you definitely you want go. wanted more than just one that is that is on you i'm not going to push that on you i wouldn't wish that on my worst enemy but <laughs> i do have five of them and i only need one so you it's it's the ball's in your court taryn yeah i wasn't aware of them and they seem really fun so I'll yeah they yeah. are a super cool looking controller they're cool for and, sure. and, yeah and the donkey konga games I, I mean people liked them a lot they just didn't really have a I never owned them and they didn't have a selection of music that like I really was into at the time, but you know, I, I know a lot of people enjoy those games. So it's, it's kind of like the guitar hero thing where it's like, well, if you don't play guitar hero, you don't need those guitars laying around either. Um, but guitar hero is so much more of a, of a fad than this bongo thing was. Right. You know, right. there was way more stuff that you could play with a guitar hero. But anyway, um, so before we, before we kind of, I'm, we're basically winding this segment down. Um, you know, I want to make sure if anyone else has any last thoughts to get those in. But also, we do have a, a legitimate voicemail. Isn't that yes. right, Parasite Steve? We have, we have a real one. We do. We have a, a real one from our buddy and uh, fellow Retroid and, uh, and uh, super cool dude we've known for years. Uh, why, don't, why don't we just let him uh, introduce himself? Awesome. So we're going we're gonna to go to this voicemail and we'll be back. Hi, I'm Rick Johnson. I'm a DJ in Portland, Maine, host of the Frank Moore Music Morning Show on 107.5 Frank FM and host of the Friday Night Heavy Metal Program Friday Night Steel on 106.3 The Bone. I was born in 1972, so like a lot of guys my age, I had an Atari 2600 growing up. And I remember being at the mall one time. I don't remember the exact year, but I, I probably around 6th, 7th, or 8th grade, so this is anywhere between 83 and 85. And I saw in the mall, I think it was probably KB Toys or something like that, because we didn't have uh, GameStop back then, at least not yet. And hanging up, they had some of the new Atari cartridges, and I was super excited to see that there was a new home version for Atari of one of my favorite stand-up arcade uh, cabinets. That's the game Track and Field. I always loved that. And if you remember that game, or if you, you know anything about it, you know that the controls are two buttons on either side of each other that you would tap rapidly back and forth 
to make your character run in a series of track and field events. You, you, you did it like this. And then there was one red button in the middle that you would push to make your character either jump a hurdle or throw a shot put or a javelin or whatever. Great fun to play in the arcade, very physical. So I was excited that there was going to be a home version of this. So I asked my mom to get it for me, and she did a couple of weeks later. I got it for my birthday, and I was thrilled to find out that it came with this special peripheral controller. Um, And it was a blue rectangle box made out of tough plastic, hard plastic, had a standard plug, so it plugged right uh, into your 2600 just like any other joystick, but it did in fact have the two buttons on either side and the red button in the middle just like the arcade, so you could replicate that experience at home doing this, making your character run. Um, And I remember it being a really good port, unlike some of their crappy ports like the Atari version of Pac-Man, like I remember the track and field one being pretty accurate. Uh, You know, obviously it didn't have the great graphics of the arcade version, but the gameplay was very similar and I had a lot of fun playing that. Played it for hours. Uh, The only drawback was the cartridge only came with the one special controller, so if you wanted to play against somebody, the other person just had to use the standard Atari 2600 joystick and you had to shake it back and forth really fast to make your character run, which inevitably wore out the joystick. I know my brother and I broke at least two or three standard Atari joysticks playing the track and field game, but that's how fun it was. We knew it wasn't good for the joystick, and we kept playing it. So that's my story. Thanks for having me on, Retroids. And we are back. We just heard from our good buddy, Rick. Yeah, thanks, he had Rick. some very cool things to, to say about his uh, his gaming peripheral of choice. Yeah, the so, track and field controller. The track the Atari, and field controller. 3600. Yeah, so like, weird, was, right? We never even heard of this yeah, thing before. None of us have heard of it until he posted this on our Facebook page. Yeah. yeah. And we're just like, Look, wow, what? Whoa, right. Yeah, and it and it clearly is that same sort of thing, like with the advantage or whatever. Like you want you want a second one, but yeah. I think based on what he was saying, I think you'd have to buy another copy of the game. It didn't didn't sound like you could buy it separately. I could be wrong about oh, that. Oh, no kidding. I'm okay, really, so the, so yeah, that, based on what the way he he worded that. Mm-hmm. that yeah. Right. Yeah, because he was saying that he couldn't find a second one. So very neat, and like it, it's in this bizarre blue box like right. like the controller itself is like such an odd color um, it didn't look like cool like the advantage looked cool or anything like that but it was yeah it was definitely neat and oh my god the thought of playing track and field with a fucking atari joystick where you had to, uh, the two buttons god. are like jamming it left to right really really fast right yeah right forget much. it forget it. <laughs> no like multiple joysticks by oh my god about it all right, so so that was awesome. We love hearing from you guys. We always encourage any kind of, of uh, you know, little voicemails or participation as far as this kinds of stuff goes. We're going to be trying our best to get more of that from you guys because we love hearing from you. Um, but yeah, so, you know, all of us, we've been talking about some video game peripherals, good, some bad. Uh, but I want to I wanna move on to our Octoponder This segment for this week. And I will, I will ask you all, what is your favorite, or if not favorite, one that you very much enjoyed, uh, video game peripheral that you remember using back in the day? You know, could be one that we've already mentioned. Who knows? But I want you to think about that for a bit, and we'll go on a short break. Ahoy, adventurers, and welcome to the dungeon. I will be your captain, Ace Diceman. Join me and my first mate, Mr. Cooper, 
as we set sail on an amazing quest full of fun facts, funny jokes, and some high sea shenanigans. So climb aboard the Siren Song and let us spin you an epic tale. Look for the Epic Tales podcast on Spotify, Breaker, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and iTunes. Hello, and welcome to the Dorkening Podcast Network. Press pound to hear the available shows. That Strange Show, Throwdown Thursday, Loose Cannon with Jar Jar Jeremy, Three Guys That Horror, The New and Improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews, The Audio Files 2.0. This is probably one of Dwayne's worst films. Yeah, he's allowed to have a tooth fairy every now and then, sure. Yeah, this is a tooth fairy and then some, because it does not show the monsters tearing up buildings until the... last 20 minutes of the movie that that's what right. the game is it's fucking monsters tearing up a fuck a fucking city secret underground hideouts cinema with harrison smith dorks the podcast the dorkening black and white fright the wicked horror show subscribe to all these awesome shows anywhere podcasts can be found for more information check out the dorkening.com Shark Bites, Shark Bites Podcast, it's the greatest show in history, from the Dorkening Network, hosted by a nerd who's named Patsy. From movie reviews to tips on surviving the coronavirus, Shark Bites has it all. Follow us on Facebook and suggest topics at sharkbitespod at gmail.com. Available on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hey! Are you ready to do some bacon? It's about that time where we ask you, the audience, to octo-ponder this. Alrighty, everybody. Welcome back aboard. We asked you this week's octo-ponder this question, which was, what is your favorite video game peripheral, or one you really liked? Because some of the ones we talked about weren't so great. Some were, some were better than others. But frankly, myself, I didn't choose either peripheral that I've either, you know, loved or, or hated. These were, for the most they were part, just, just kind of weird. They were notable and weird. Yeah. So I, I wanted to mention ones that I thought, you know, we all really felt passionately yeah. about. Um, so I'll, I'll start this segment off. Um, I'm going to have to go with uh, an obscure peripheral, but it's, it's one that I, I really love. And uh, this is for the, the Sega Saturn. And so... The Sega Saturn, it's a very hard to collect for system. All the games are super expensive. Also, much more popular in Japan than in America. And the games in Japan are much cheaper because they really just made more of them. So there was, they they sold this cartridge that was like a a four megabyte memory card that you would plug into your Sega Saturn. And it was really useful because the, the system was supposed to be able to save in its own kind of backup. But uh, the real reality was that the, there was it was powered by a battery, and if the battery ran dry, you were kind of screwed. You had to replace the battery. You would lose all your save data. It was a nightmare. So this four megabyte backup cartridge, you could save a bunch of games to it, and so that right alone, it's like it's essentially a memory card. No big whoop, right? But the thing about it that was really awesome that for some reason was an unintended side effect is that if you plugged in this cartridge, it was it was in this separate port. In the, on the back of the system, it would t- 
take away the region locking of the console entirely. And it would allow your American Sega Saturn to play games from any region, including all the games from Japan, which, as I mentioned, were way cheaper. And so many games on the Saturn that were great were like fighting games and vertical, you know, plain shoot 'em up games and things like that, where you didn't really need it to be in English. So having this cartridge was like amazing. It opened the door to being able to play so many different things on the Saturn and no system was that more useful right. because games are so rare and expensive on the Saturn. <clears throat> so I, I got to shout it out to them. This is also the 25th anniversary of the Sega Saturn this year. So I, I want to call out to that system in depth, you know, at another time, but oh, I man, we got to do a Sega Saturn episode. Yeah, oh, definitely yeah. got to do a Saturn episode, but wanted to mention that one. Cause I, I really enjoy that one. Yeah. So, and that, that is actually how I was able to play the Japanese version of Symphony of the Night of Castlevania Symphony. Yes, of the Night, it was. was Nocturne in the Moonlight, and uh, you know you got the extra, the extra characters. You got the different sprite for Richter, where he's wearing his blue trench coat. You got the extra levels. There's a bunch of new enemies. Like it was a hundred percent so cool. Worth it. Totally worth it. And the game is not crazy expensive. You know, it's just like it. It really is so great. So yeah. that's awesome. Sega Saturn showing it some love. Uh, let's hear from Taryn. Yes, please. All right, my favorite is actually one that I did talk about, the Wii Balance Board. Nice. Ah. And I think I love the element of um, playing games without just sitting there. <laughs> so because it got yeah. you up and moving, and it worked. Like in terms of balance, I remember doing yoga on the balance board. And if you were like riding a bike, like you actually had to lean um, in certain ways in order for it to work correctly. So, and I yeah. just... Love that. And talking about it made me want one. I don't have a Wii anymore, but I'm thinking about getting one just so I can get the balance board and, we <laughs> and the other games that it works with because I loved it that much. Yeah, nice. it's, it is a cool piece of technology. I mean, I actually, I remember borrowing the balance board from Nintendo mm -hmm. uh, and I, I, I did the Wii Fit thing for a while and I tried it out and I found out that I had horrible balance, which was cool. Um, but also <laughs> I liked, um, I liked, I think there was a number of games in Wii Sports Resort. Did you ever mm -hmm. play that, Taryn? Absolutely, yep. Yeah, so that, that game was like the sequel to Wii Sports. And I remember there being a lot of cool games in there mm -hmm. that used yeah. the balance board. So, yeah, definitely a, a cool peripheral. And it looks neat. Like, it's this very, you know, sleek, white balance board of the future. And I don't know. It, it is very cool. I like that one. That's a good and is there anything like it? Like, has anything been made after the fact that's like it? Yeah, I mean, the... the Really, nothing that I can think of. The only thing that Nintendo's tried to do is, like, on the Switch, they have that ring the fit ring, thing. But yeah, it's yeah. not it's not quite the same. You know, like, you're still moving around and doing the, the types of things that made the balance board appealing to you, where, like, you're up and moving, and, you know, it's very active control scheme. I heard people love... Um, it's called Ring Fit Adventure for the Switch. Um, but as far as, like, a you know, an actual platform that you're standing on that just gives you, like, the full body control... Other than the Connect on the Xbox, where it's just tracking your whole yeah. body movement, there's really not much like it. You're right. Yeah. And really, like when it when it all comes down to it, you know, um, it's all about how it works, how it feels. You know, yeah. if it if it doesn't, then it becomes like a power glove, and it, it's like an oddity. It's interesting. Mm -hmm. It was a neat idea. It's worth talking about. But like, do you want to use that? Like you're right. saying, you love this so much. It's like just talking about it makes you want to 
buy the whole system again. Exactly. Just, yep. So you can have the experience of using this one peripheral, which is crazy awesome. Yeah. yeah. Super yeah. fun. And that that was like that was the Wii to a T, you know? Like it, it got people wanting to play so badly. It didn't actually matter that it was like a thousand different types of games. It was always it was just about like the Wii Sports or the Wii Fit. Or, and you know, it just got people wanting to play it because it worked so well. It was just fun. Right, right. Which is super cool. And it was a family experience. So it wasn't just one or yeah. two players play with a room yep. full of people. Exactly. And it was endlessly fun to watch people play on the balance board. Mm -hmm. Like to do you remember the there was one mini game where you had to you had to like flap your arms like a chicken to fly. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember doing that one? That was the funniest one to watch people play. I like I, I have a video <laughs> somewhere of me and my friends all playing the chicken game and we're just like flapping our arms looking ridiculous. And I'm like, I can't believe like my arms moving up and down are tracking the motion on a thing I'm standing on. <laughs> and it totally worked. Yeah. Yeah. It is cool. It was really cool. Well, you know, it's interesting, you know, thinking back to what Boss Rush was saying about Rob and about how it the point of Rob was to get people to buy a video game system who weren't going to. Right. It's like, it's like a Trojan horse. And I know a lot of what you were saying was more for the retailers than the people actually buying it, but it still sort of makes me think of that with the Wii. Yeah. When yeah. you were talking about that, I was thinking about the Wii. Me too. I was so, it, yeah. It really yeah. is like a different approach. When they got to the Wii, they're like, okay, because before then I think it was just like gamers, they're going to want the next Nintendo gamers. They're going to want the next. Right. Nintendo. That's not the audience we need to convince. You right. know, it's like we right. got to convince the people that are maybe, you know, 50, 60, 70 yeah, and up. are not yeah. gamers. How right. And I mean, their yeah. sale, capture sales from. Them. Yeah. Like and they're still, um, they're still, you know, physical rehab hospitals and things out there that still today use the Wii as, as, you know, a medical device to, you know, rehabilitate people who've maybe lost function in their legs or arms and stuff, which is just incredible. That's yeah. awesome. You know, it's still today being used because, you know, it, it does just, it click. It makes sense to people. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just amazing. Um, awesome. That's a, that's a great pick, Taryn. Got a good conversation out of that too. Um, all right. So let's, let's throw it over to Parasite. What you got? Uh, I'm going to go with a system that we haven't talked about tonight, which is the TurboGrafx-16. Oh, um, near and dear to my cool. heart. Yeah. And uh, this is another system I was a late adopter of. And I have this really great memory that is attached to this one peripheral uh, that really makes me just want to talk about it. But there was a uh, <laughs> sort of in the late, mid to late 90s, I think it was, um, there was a there was a store in Framingham, Massachusetts originally, and it was called Save the Princess. And oh, Boss yes. Rush, I love that place. Uh, yes. Yep. Boss Rush and I and, and, yep. and Nintendo, we would go there. And this was kind of like there were no other retro gaming stores like it sort of was too too early for that right, right. But, but besides like uh funko land at the time yeah right. but this yeah, was but like a mom and pop shop though. this was a mom and pop shops owned yeah. by this, this one old guy and he was great and we uh became friends with this guy we went there all the time and it was really bizarre it was on the upstairs of this office building it was very weird we had heard about it and on yeah. the sign is uh is a picture of peach and she's like running away and the sign was save the princess. It was a really fun sign. And so we, we just went there all the time and we actually ended up getting a lot of old Nintendo games there. And um, he had, he had all sorts of old systems 
And uh, that was actually where I got my copy of Little Samson. I was just thinking that. I was yeah, just, yep. that, I, that I eventually ended up selling on eBay for buco bucks. But like I had the thing for, you know, 20 years. But like yeah. it was, well, not quite, but like uh, 15 years or so. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I only paid like 20 bucks for it because yeah. like he tracked one down. Which box? Yeah. Right. And, Full, complete in yeah, box. Yeah, like, in the box, yeah. right. Complete in box, yeah. And because and it was one of those things I was like, I had no idea that it was a valuable game. And I don't think at the time, I don't think it was. But yeah, we would yeah, go there and wasn't. be like, oh, how about this game? Or what about that game? Or what about this game? And I remember yeah. like Greg and I, like you and I would like, we'd go there with certain ones in mind. And I yep. remember like one time I was like, oh, I want to see if he has werewolf. Yeah. Well, I want to see if he has snake rattle and roll this time. Like, I don't know. Just... <laughs> that, that's where I got my copy of Castle of Dragon. Oh, nice. That's right. That's I got right. that game yeah. for like five bucks and today it's probably worth Five bucks. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there, this was definitely before retro games were worth money. And so we never spent a lot of money there. And we'd always walk away with a handful of games. Really, really, really fun place. And one time, so we, so we went there so many times that we became such, you know, just, just repeat customers. Regulars. Yeah, regulars. Where everybody, we went where everybody knows our names. And, um, and so one time we went and uh, it just so happened to be my birthday. And when I was there, somebody made mention of that. And he's like, oh, it's your birthday. The, the, the owner guy is like, oh, it's your birthday. Right, let, me, let me give you something. And he reached into, he had this next to, the, um, next to the cash register. There was sort of just this basket full of like cast off controllers. And he's like, here, he's like, here, here you go. Happy birthday. He's like, I love this thing. It's, it's like the best controller for the system. And he knew that I had a TurboGrafx-16 because we had talked about it. And so what he gave me was uh, this awesome little joystick called the Turbo Stick. And um, it is uh, similar to the Advantage uh, overall looks-wise, um, but it was a lot smaller than, than the Advantage. It's black, yep. had an orange ball at the top of the joystick. And all I can say was, all I can say is like, it was a solid as hell joystick controller. I loved this thing. I didn't use it all the time. I loved playing the pinball games with this. So like yeah. Devil's Crush, Alien's Crush. I loved yeah. playing those with this. The buttons had like such good click, like the, the, the action, as they, mm -hmm. they say. Yeah, like the yeah they felt so good. To, like for, yeah, so these buttons were super solid. satisfying. They were just chunk, chunk, chunk. Had a good finger good feel. Yes. Yeah. Good <laughs> I mean, it was uh, it was a great little joystick. Nothing overall special about it, other than the memory I have attached to it and the fact that it, it was a solid uh, a solid controller that um, you know I was happy to own, and uh, I thought it was just really cool of him to give me something, but also give me something that he knew wasn't crap. He loved this. Right. Yeah. 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 So that was. Yeah, I mean, that I think dude rocked. That that dude that is guy so was, awesome. Yeah. yeah. I don't even remember his name. I, I just, yeah. it was so long ago. I don't it remember was. his name. I can remember vaguely what he looked like. And yeah. they, um, they moved out of that office building somewhere. I know. I they moved they to were... Natick. Okay. Yeah, and I think we only right. went there twice after that. And it just, we kind of just, I don't know, stopped going. And then they, they went under. But I, I, uh, I actually even just, I, I found a, a thread on Reddit and a couple people were talking about Save the Princess because there's really like oh, just some little stuff on the internet about it. And somebody was right. mentioning that uh, they, they went in there one time after like going to the dentist that was next door. And the guy who owned <laughs> the place gave him a copy of Donkey Kong Country just because like the kid was so well behaved at the dentist's office. They must have been talking about it or something. It's like oh, the guy wow. was just cool, a right. total freaking saint. 
Jerry's is like giving stuff away. Like, yeah, not, not, like, I mean, not shitty stuff. Like awesome right, like stuff. giving stuff right. to really reward kids. Like you know, you, yeah. this is an awesome thing. I want you to to yeah, have that. That's and really it's, cool. It's sad that it went that's under. Really cool. You know, but, yeah. yeah. But I will always fondly remember that place, man. That is yeah, just me one, too. Of, yeah, for one sure. of those kids stores. Yep. You know, I mean, when yeah. I was, I mean, I was in high school, but it yeah. was, uh, it was awesome. Yep. Super awesome. cool. Awesome. Awesome mention. Uh, all right. Let's hear from Nintendo. Well then, I'm going to go with the super scope for the super Nintendo. Pachow, pachow. Uh, super. So super. One of the coolest super looking. I mean, one of the coolest looking peripherals ever. Oh, uh, yeah. So, it is so cool. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the thing looks like a freaking bazooka. And yeah. It's so, and you hold it like a bazooka. You hold it like a bazooka. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, oh it's so awesome. Um, I, I wish I still had it. Um, maybe at some point down the road, I'll get a used one or something. Um, right. Uh, yeah, it, that it would came... look good in the backdrop for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. Um, and what was cool about it is uh, it came with a game uh, called Super Scope 6, and, which is six mini games, which is cool. Now, you don't yeah, just yeah. get the peripheral, you get a game to try it out with. And I right. think that's, that's wicked awesome. Um, there's uh, Blastrous. Which is kind of like Tetris, where you're like blasting blocks. Um, yep. There's A, B, and then uh, Mole Patrol, and then you have this other mini game called Laser Blaster. And there's uh, three different types of that. So you have Intercept, Engage, and Confront. Um, I don't remember much about these mini games, but I remember playing. I I hope I'm getting this this name right. Uh, Battle Crush. Which is kind of like, um, uh, it's like a you know your typical light gun game. You're just like shooting. Yeah, like, I, I think the shooting. game was called Bang Bang Kaplawi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. So it, it was a lot of fun. Um, it, it had it came with um this little block, like a little sensor that you plug oh, into. Battle the Clash. Battle Clash. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it came with a little little receiver block that we plug into the system, so that you know it could detect. Uh, the the aim and all that. Um, not like your typical, you know, like light gun controller, like the Indian Zapper, where yeah, it's like just an infrared the, sensor. Yeah, that's that's what this right. is. So I think I think that's really cool. Um, th- there wasn't that much, uh, not that many games for it. Um, maybe like twelve games in total. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't very uh, big here in the states but um what's cool is that it made it guest appearance in the uh the super smash brothers for the 3ds and wii u um i guess it's a, it's a special attack or something we you know the characters yeah, it's, a, it's an item that uh that spawns in the game and you which can, is cool so it kind of lives yeah. on it lives yeah. on in the in these games so i, th- I think it's pretty yeah. cool and yeah. on the subject of that rob uh became a playable character in smash bros yeah initially. yeah so they, yeah. they they definitely pulled from some neat peripherals yeah yeah yeah, yeah which is cool they have dr vector and dr hector from uh jeremite <laughs> they don't oh, <laughs> but, you think. Um, um, i remember also, you getting this and being super jealous i thought the super <laughs> scope was completely amazing i yeah. wanted one wicked bad and there was one game you didn't mention that i wanted so bad and i still to this day think looks awesome which is yoshi safari 
Yeah, yeah. And that was another. I never. Game. I've never. I don't think I've ever played that one. And I don't like, so you it. see the back of Yoshi's head because you're Mario riding on Yoshi. So you see the back of his head at the bottom of the screen, and you're supposedly you know Mario using the super scope, and it's which is just hilarious that Mario's riding around on Yoshi with a fucking with bazooka, a bazooka. Just I know. Everybody. <laughs> but the, like, the, what honestly, the hell? Honestly, the sprites in this game are amazing. So awesome. So good. I yeah. always bosses, wanted to play this. The bosses are all the Koopa kids. And they're riding mechs. They each get like their own totally, totally unique mech. It's wicked freaking neat. And the uh, I'm pretty sure the backgrounds are all mode seven, kind of like the Tasmania game or like yeah. Zero or something right, like, like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, wicked cool looking game. I I wanted this in the worst friggin' way, um, but this I'm positive took batteries. Okay. Yeah, that I'm positive. Yeah. I believe because there so, couldn't yeah. be a cord with you trying to like yeah it around and stuff probably right yeah and i remember yeah. that that was a big drawback and that's what made me stop wanting it because it's yeah. like oh yeah. yeah but it takes like four four d batteries or something and you're like oh yeah. my god okay well that sucks because <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna totally. always need d batteries right right but mm. such a cool friggin peripheral oh yeah absolutely yep. taryn were yep. you, you familiar with the super scope no, I was not, but it looks awesome, and I want one of those too now. Did you, <laughs> right? Did you look up Yoshi Safari and the amazingly cute? <laughs> yes. Oh, man, super, so super adorable murder. So awesome. <laughs> and I love how like Yoshi would sometimes turn and look at you, and, and he'd be like so proud. He's like, "Good job, good job, Mario. You deserve this this look of gratitude." Mario the murderer. murder. I, <laughs> I envision Mario with a bazooka that he would actually. I imagine him blowing back off of Yoshi when he fires the thing. Right, oh, yeah, right. I mean, Yoshi must be deaf at that point. Like, well, look at on the look, Okay, so look at the Japanese. Look up the Japanese cover to this game, and you'll see. You don't need to imagine Mario with a with a bazooka, a bazooka on Yoshi because he's fully on the cover, and he's it's an right awesome there, cover blasting. And uh, also, I, I, you mentioned Yoshi like turning around to look at you. I also like how Yoshi has like the the half closed eyelids where he's like he yeah. just sort of looks like he's kind of stoned like he yeah. just turns around he's just like nice you know just yeah, 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 <laughs> right, right. he's like would you he's like you want a cookie you want a yoshi's cookie <laughs> he's like dead him man dead him <laughs> dead him dead him man yeah but um <laughs> ding dong man but um ding dong, yeah. but uh yes let it let us uh move right along to boss rush mode hi hi guy i am good Hi, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with another light gun peripheral. This is like an attachment to the PS3 Move controller. Okay. Uh, this huh. is uh, made from a company called Icon. It's the PS3 Move Battle Rifle. And this Whoa. was like a behemoth of a thing. And it basically makes like a humongous rifle out of your PlayStation Move controller. There's like a little segment on the top. Like the whole thing has like four separate pieces. Holy you shit, that's together. huge. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's sizable. Wow. Holy crap. You put like... Um, you put like the wand part on top with like you know like move part with the uh, the weird racquetball looking thing, and then um in the handle is where you put like the navigator controller, which is yeah. basically the uh, the the move equivalent of uh, the Wii nunchuck, and uh, which made the handle a little bit girthier than your standard light gun controller, but it still worked. It had to house like the other part of the controller. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never I'm... heard Joe complain about girth. Well, no, and you're not going <laughs> to hear me complain about this either. <laughs> but uh, I I actually had a lot of fun using this. I actually broke this out uh, recently leading up to uh, my Resident Evil or our Resident Evil episode, you know, from, from a few months back. I was playing um, the Umbrella Chronicles. I mean, I played the 
Dark Side Chronicles 2, but I hated that game, even though everyone else loves it. But I, I had a lot of fun playing Resident Evil, the Umbrella Chronicles on the PS3, and so I was I got a lot of use out of that pretty recently. Nice. And it's just mm-hmm. just super fun. It just I don't know. I, I know it's a goofy plastic gun, but it just it's just so cool just to have this like this big, huge, beefy kind of like this neat looking gun instead of just like a little little pea shooter kind of thing. It's like mm. right. I don't know. It, it's just super fun and yeah. it's not super expensive either. I think you can probably find it on like Amazon for like maybe 40 bucks or something. I don't know. Nice. But uh, I, I, was, I was wrestling with either that or like the gun con for the PlayStation 1 because that thing was is pretty awesome too. I love the way that thing looked. Yeah, I mean, my my favorite uh, light gun ever was the one on the Dreamcast, which at this point... Oh my god, yes! I don't remember yeah. what it was called, but like, just as far as, you know, looks-wise... Was it Guncom? Was it the you know, no, I think, I think what Greg said is right. I think it was the same company that did the PlayStation and the Dreamcast. Amco? Yeah, so it's the, it's the uh, Dreamcast Guncom? Yeah, know. that's what I, th- I think it's Guncom. Guncom? Yeah. No, I think it's that, not. Oh, no, Gun yeah. Con. Oh, gun, okay. Gun con. Yeah, Gun Controller, right? Gun Con. Yeah. So, oh, I uh, typed Gun Cock. Oh, damn it. Oh, well, that's uh, going to have a different Google search. Oh, I didn't, type it. It, I didn't type it. It auto-filled. but yeah i mean Um, this this friggin light gun looked so goddamn cool it just it looked like a weapon straight out of a video game that like you would you would have a main character using and it was it was like the nes advantage of just having that futuristic design and cut to it and everything so awesome they broke so much and i remember i remember that we had to buy like two replacements or something because so we we, bought two and then both broke. Those broke, and then we bought two more. Two and more. Those broke. Yeah, and then we said, oh, "Fuck." I guess we're not playing House of the Dead two anymore. Yeah, we had House of the Dead oh. two. I think that was the only one we had, but we loved it so much. And then I think PS two, we got the Namco guns, and they were like uh, solid colors, like one blue, one orange. I think. There, yeah, there was a. Solid- I think those were the Konami ones, weren't they? Uh, I mm. think it was Namco. The game, I don't know, the guns were totally, I mean, the games were totally Namco games because the ones okay. that I liked anyway, there was like Vampire Knight. It was amazing. Yeah, right. Love, yep. And love, uh, love. the ninja one. What is it? Ninja. It was called Ninja um, Storm? Or... Oh, maybe. Um, um, PS2. Ninja. I know there was a PS1 game I like to play a lot. Uh, Elemental Gear Bolt, which is super fun for the PS1. Oh yeah, I, I that was a uh, working designs game. Oh, Ninja Assault. Yes, yes. Ninja Assault. Yes, yes, yes. So if this if this is an indication on uh, on the quality of these gun cons, I looked up Dreamcast Gun Con on eBay, and the only option to buy anything there's like maybe twelve different auctions. It's to buy the actual micro switch kit to basically fix uh, the gun. Yeah. Nobody, is selling, nobody is selling. Nobody is selling the actual full gun. I'm like, oh my god, that's, uh, because generally, that's crazy. like, you know, if you buy the the you know property that's this official gun, usually it is great. Usually, if you yeah. go with one of the side, you know, developers or whatever. Like, I remember Mad Cats. Mad right. Cats yeah. had all these cheapo guns, and I remember I did try Mad Cats too, and they broke too. Yep. So it was like, god damn it, we're using these guns like to death. Over and over. House and of the over. Dead Two was so fun. It was. <laughs> it was really it was such. Oh a my good god! Work. It was. Oh, awesome yeah. stuff! Awesome stuff, guys! All right, that was fantastic. Um, we got to hear about a lot of really awesome peripherals here, and uh, you know, I think that we covered a lot of ground. But you know, 
We want to hear what you guys think. We want to hear about your answer to the Octoponder, any peripherals that you're passionate about. Make sure that you contact us. You can reach us on our Facebook group. You can reach us on Twitter at Redoctopus. And you can also email us and be one of those black sheep out there. Uh, Redoctopus at gmail.com. We love email. We have to use it every day for work. Let's not kid ourselves. So if we got some fun email, that would be nice. Um, But yeah, so it's almost time to catch the horizon. But before we go, let's go to this. And now it's time to dive up the edge of the map with another edition of Dime Monster, the video game bestiary of annoying enemies that really need to just fuck off. What? All right, everybody, how's it going? Yes, another Die Monster. Actually, the first Die Monster of season two. I haven't done one of these in a a while, um, but I have. Uh, I have a little. I have a little beef with this enemy. Um, we recently did an episode of the Crow's Nest that was Eight Bit Alchemy and myself. And uh, that was uh, that was called Faxana Do's and Faxana Don'ts. That's Faxana Do. And uh, <laughs> let me tell you, um, we we played through the uh, classic NES game. We didn't play through it, but we played it. Uh, Faxana Do or Faxana Do or whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, it was uh, it, it wasn't our favorite game, but there was there was a few things in there that were that were kind of bullshit. And I'll you know. I'll leave those in that crow's, me- crow's nest if you want to, you know, go check that out. Please do. Yeah, but go holy check it. crap. Holy crap. There is this one enemy that is getting his ass put in the die monster segment because he deserves it because, oh, my God, I cannot think of another enemy in any game that is more fucking bullshit than this little <laughs> asshole. His name is the Sugata, and he is this little just dude wearing like it looks like he's wearing like i don't know like a like a like a onesie like a modern woman dress that like goes from the neck all the way down to like just just like mid thigh like that's that looks like what he's wearing and then he has like a hat and he's supposedly like holding a little drum or something but it sort of just looks like he's clapping his hands all right so so here's the thing you go into certain rooms in this game and all of a sudden you're just getting hurt and, you know, you're trying to figure out, like, what is hurting me? There's nothing happening. There's no enemy. Nothing's doing anything. They're like, what is this? And, like, like 8-Bit and I thought for a while that this one place was, like, poisoned or something. You know, like, sometimes that happens in games. You're like, oh, I can't right. get in there yet. There's poison mist or there's something or whatever. So, like, it turns out that there's this friggin' little bastard, the, the Sugata. And if he's anywhere on the screen your health will just drain. Every few seconds, he takes a big chunk of it away. Just by existing. Just by existing. By by quote-unquote playing his drum, which, by the way, not clear from the game that that's what's happening. According to strategywiki.org, they describe him as a mysterious musician that pounds upon a magic drum at regular intervals Intervals, the magic of this drum will attack you regardless of where you stand. Seek to remove these enemies as quickly as possible. Okay, easier said than done. Will do. In Fazanadu, (laughs) you move slow as shit. So, like, this guy's up a couple ladders uh, over on the other side of the screen, just kind of, like, patrolling this one little area. So, like, entering the level, even if you already know he's there and you're not confused and you're not like, what just happened? I don't know. And you're getting hit extra times. Even if you know what to do, you got to go like over, climb up a ladder, 
get hit. Go over to this other place, get hit. Go up another ladder, get hit. Go up now. I got all I got to do is cross this this the screen and get to the other side of the screen. I'm halfway across. You got hit another time. Now you can kill him. So you've already gotten hit like four times. And there is no way to do that fast. And there's like that's the fastest nothing you else you can do but that. There's mm. no like instant kill. There's no like weapon that could might reach him or something. Nope. You just have to get hit that that amount of times because this fucking enemy hurts you just by existing. And for that. I say to the Sagata, die, monster. You don't belong in this world. Fuck off. <laughs> That's and Fazandu is one of those games where, like, the character has to build momentum. And, I mean, I know a lot of other games do it and do it a lot better, like Super Mario Brothers. But he, the guy in Fazandu builds momentum so freaking slowly. It's just a pain to get around in in that game. Right. Yeah, you do and, not move fast at all. It's nope. crazy how slow you move. Yep. There's no way that you can double jump and kill him real quick. Like they put him on these platforms that are out of the way. It's just, it's just cruelty, really. So I agree. Die, monster. I th- Get out of here. I, I, I say the most bullshit enemy in, in video games. In a game ever. I mean, yeah. there's lots of bullshit enemies, but like he doesn't even need to do anything. Right. He just wins no matter what. <laughs> Sucks. <laughs> It does he's, suck. He's OP. <laughs> I'm still mad. I know. It's okay. My uh, Donster. <laughs> All right, I'm done. I'm done. All right, awesome. So that was uh, that was much needed venting. I, I feel like that that guy deserves it. You know, Die Monster doesn't always come out, but it, it does when it's deserving, when it's needed. It's the, it's the hero we need. Uh, so does anybody have anything they would like to promote? On our way out of this here episode, yeah. anything at all, Taryn? You got anything to promote? Ah, just- no, I think I mentioned it before. Just the market. Okay, <laughs> Amalgam Market. Check it you out. You have a couple shows. Like you got makeup stuff. You got sex oh, stuff. Yeah. Like we, like you said, there's so much going on. We have our splinter groups, like uh, Epic Tales, and Andy has a podcast now, and Justin is doing one called Epic Tales from the Sewers, which is about the uh, Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Um, so we have the the splinter groups. Um, and yes, and we have our different segments. We are revamping the stuff for the ladies. So we have Face Off. Um, Cosplayers Ball is coming back, run by Ooh. Shelby Cardo. She does absolutely amazing cosplay. Awesome. So we'll nice. get into that. Yeah, yeah her, I've seen some of her stuff. It's, she's, her makeup she's very stuff talented. is nuts. Her yeah, she's oh absolutely God. incredible. Yep. So yeah, that. Um, and of course, we have our battles and our relationship segment. And we do a movie segment and a fantastic beast battles. So like, no matter what you're into, you'll find something um, that's for you. So one of our models is all characters are welcome. So we try to have something for everybody. It's awesome. An awesome we, model. We just, we just love you guys. And we're so incredibly stoked that we've all become such good friends and, uh, and our shows are, are tight and everything. Like we, we just, we, we really appreciate you guys. And obviously we had, um, we had Ian Wallace on uh, earlier yeah. in the season. He was on mm-hmm. our Castlevania music episode, which was super fun. And he actually got to come out and hang out with us and record in studio, which is so awesome because you guys are in Maryland and we're in Massachusetts. So it's not like we're right next door. Right. And he had um, so many good things to say about that trip. And now I can't wait to come up because I've never been to Massachusetts. So I'm looking yes. forward to it. Super yeah, exciting. Absolutely. Can't wait for you guys to get here and hopefully yeah, we can. Awesome. Yeah, figure some out yeah socially yeah. distantly hang out because uh, yeah. holy shit like that needs to happen absolutely yes absolutely it will it well will. you guys want to come up for a i have I bongos guess, yeah, for you 
Yes, we have Bongo. <laughs> but you guys wanted to check out Salem, right? Yes, that was, we did. Yeah, that was yeah. the point. Yeah, Salem's great. I mean, we could, if nothing else, join you in Salem. Mm-hmm. Right. For uh, Amalgam Files, they're doing an episode on Salem. Oh, so awesome! Nice. Perfect. Maybe, maybe uh, Retro Redoctopus can uh, can uh, like make an appearance in that. Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> we can show you around. I can show you the good Mexican place. Oh, sweet. <laughs> no, yeah, no shortage of great spots in uh, Salem. Awesome. All right. So, every anybody else, anything you want to plug? No. Nope. Good. I'm good. Speak now or forever. Hold your plugs. <laughs> All right. So that wraps up the episode. If you guys haven't jumped ship by now, we certainly hope that you enjoyed this week's journey over the treacherous waters of all things that make growing up awesome. If you liked what you heard, please hit the subscribe button and like us on Facebook and Twitter. And as well as being part of the Inebriart Podcast Network, Retrodoctopus is a full member of the Dorkening Podcast Network. So if you get a chance, please check out our sister shows like Throwdown Thursday, The Horror Squad, Secret Underground Hangout, and The Toking Dead. For more information or to subscribe to us or any of these great shows, please visit thedorkening.com. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much to Taryn Barber for coming on the show. Thank you. Woo-hoo! Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I always have fun with you guys. It was incredible. Thanks, Taryn. I have been your host, 8-Bit Alchemy. I'll see you next time. Are you ready, Amalgam Mama? <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Awesome. Queen of the retroids. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know. Let's not forget that. Never forget that.